All right, welcome to episode 61 of Riot Act. Hello, hope you're well. My name's Stephen Hill and my co-host is Mr. Renfrey Dedman. He sits to my left. Hello. He was on YouTube, which we are still doing. Do you know what? Fuck the Royal Mail. Mm, fuck Royal Mail have lost uh, the load of our... Service. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Fucking Secret Service. As soon as I said her Madge, I'm just like, oh, it must be the Secret Service. Yeah. Um, the name's Bond. Royal Mail <laughs> Bond. Uh, yeah, um, we are still doing YouTube. Uh, some SD cards are... are it's, no, this isn't interesting. They're in the post. The SD They're cards the got lost in the post by Royal Mail. Hence, fuck Royal Mail. Simple. Done. Um, but don't worry, anyone who does want to see, um, I think in particular the Blink-182 review on video, it will be, you will get to see it. It's Cheers. just going to be slightly delayed. Yes, so, good. Go. Um, this week on the show, we're going to be reviewing new albums from 65 Days of Static, Carbomb, Nervous, Odorang, Gift from God. We return to trade-off as um, uh, we, we discuss the relative merits of London rap turned soul alter plan B. And post-emo indie hardcore rockers, Me Without You. Very good. And uh, there's a report from the Mercury Music Prize. Hello. We'll be talking about uh, Download Festival, announcing their headliners. And um, we'll also be saying a very, very big get well soon to to Frank Carter, which we should sort of say now, I think, actually. Because do you know about this, Renfrew? You know a little bit about it, I didn't until you told me about it, yeah. Um, So Frank Carter's had to cancel the first week of his US tour after he had a car crash when he was in Devon. Um, They were due to start their tour, what is today, as we record, the 23rd of September. Um, But on the 19th of September, Frank was involved in a serious car accident in in Devon that left him with with some cuts and scrapes, a kneecap in the wrong place, bruised ribs and a headache that won't go away, is what Frank has quoted. Um, He also said he was travelling with a friend whose injuries were more serious than his own. Um, Putting on his Instagram post, he put an Instagram post off saying that his friend Pete was less fortunate and he's put a picture of the wreckage. It does look pretty... Pretty gnarly, I have mm. to say. Um, he was cut from the wreckage by no less than 11 firefighters um, with a triple fractured pelvis, ruptured spleen, multiple broken ribs, and the kind of cuts and bruises you get from being hit by a car. This was happened. Frank's friend. This is Frank's friend. So Fucking hell. very, wow. very lucky. I mean, Frank has actually said we are very, very lucky to, to survive that. So um, get well soon, Frank. Yeah, get and well get soon. well soon, Pete, as well. And that is a horrible, horrible thing to happen. And thank God that... Um, that they're still with us. So that's pretty bad. Um, I Have missed... you ever been in a car crash? My mate, Michael Brewer, when he, before he'd learned to drive, bumped into the back of somebody's car when he was driving around his little, um, his estate when I was about 16, 17, 17. I mean, that sounds it's like not it was really... about 10 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. and then, uh, yeah, but then actually Michael Brewer, I don't know why he used to get in the car with Brewer. He was a fucking nutter. He used to drive by listening to Insane Clown Posse and he'd pull up in front of like an old woman in Overton where I'm from and then like sing the rhyme to the Insane Clown Posse. So he'd be like, wash your feet, bitch. And then just go driving off. Proper boy racer. <laughs> but on, he drove us back from a night out on New Year's Eve in 1997. He pulled out. And the car was coming the other way, he pulled out of this like really, really tight little country road, and he just missed his car as he was going too fast. He ended up we ended up upside down in the ditch. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. And we were fine. So you but have been in a couple of crashes. I've been in a car crash. Yeah. I've been in a couple scary. of crashes. Yeah, it is very scary. I I was in a crash on the motorway at eighty miles an hour. Oh. And uh, all we sustained was whiplash. I was very, very lucky. But really, yeah. wow, fucking hell. Yeah, and uh, my dad's old Honda something or other very old car uh, we should say musicism.net is the place to go if you want to get your courses for guitar work 
um, for work. singing work and for producing work. Singing. They're good friends of us singing. Um, $9.99 a month, musicism.net, riot in capitals in the checkout, and you will get 25% off of that. So yeah. if you haven't signed up for that yet and you're thinking of doing so, why not do it when I do the worst sting that I've ever done for it? <laughs> Why not? Uh, big ups to the Musicism boys as well for being incredibly patient with all this video bullshit as well. Oh my God. Yeah. They've had to shell out a lot of money for us recently on SD cards. It's Sorry, not fun. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah. And uh, you can go over to our Patreon page and pay them back at uh, patreon.com. Yeah, Those SD cards are really expensive. Fuck <laughs> me. Um, uh, we've got merch. We've got fucking um, uh, writer's reviews, which we are going to do some more of uh, probably today. We're going to do one more, aren't we? Mm-hmm. We're going to do one day. And we've also got, uh, oh, please leave us a review because on the old iTunes, that would be lovely. Be nice, because yeah. more people can see it. Yes. Don't have to. But do. But nice. do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> should we talk about downloads? Yes. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, Download Festival, the Rock Pilgrimage, returns to Donington Park once more on the 12th of June, 2020, to the 14th. Just think, Ren, for a year ago, remember how excited we were when they announced Def Leppard and Slipknot and obviously Tool, Me, You, the Black Peaks Boys, tops were coming off, weren't they? That's right, episode 12, I remember it well. It's gone so quick. I mean, there was threats of tops coming off, but it never actually happened. No, it didn't. Although we didn't have the camera back then, so nobody knows. But But that was exciting, wasn't it? We thought, bloody great, well done, Dan. Tool was exciting, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think we were mainly excited by the fact that Tool were coming back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But that feels like a long time ago to me. Download's headliners this year will be Kiss, Iron Maiden and System of a Down. Um, they have also announced that they will be joined by the likes of Deftones, The Offspring, Corn, Disturbed, Elstorm, Gojira, Black Veil Brides, Of Mice and Men, and Daughtry. Uh, it's Kiss's last ever UK show. Hooray, at last. <laughs> <laughs> and Although it hopefully isn't, though, is the it? system for downs as well. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> download Renfrey what are you saying about that well I guess in terms of the headliners um to be like I mean you know let's play devil's advocate just for a second there are a lot of people who will be perfectly happy with that to be honest mm. Maiden yeah. are obviously Such is the state of rock <laughs> Maiden are obviously a massive band one I'm a big fan of um you less so although you do like some Iron Maiden we do have mm-hmm. we do have to actually keep reminding people that Steve does actually like some Iron like Maiden. nine of them well I haven't actually because I've given a load of my CDs away and, mm. and they will be going but you know I I've bought like nine Iron Maiden albums yeah yeah um and Maiden will be reliably oh, hello reliably great I imagine I mean I've rarely seen a Legacy bad the Maiden Beast show for, isn't it so it's kind of like is dipping, it dipping back into the classics which you know, they do or they do a kind of Book of Souls or whatever the current album yeah. they tend to do, isn't it? it uh, I did see the Legacy of the Beast show at the O2 and um, I will say this, it was possibly the best time I've seen Maiden and I know people say that over and over again, but yeah, I don't lie better. to you. Sorry? He's never sounded better, has he? Uh, he sounded very good. He sounded very, <laughs> very good. And I, I, it was more the show that they mm. put on. Like they, they, I think Maiden's show has been... Um, lacking is incorrect, but um, it's been very similar for a really long time. I've been seeing Maiden since 2003 on a fairly regular basis. Yeah. And really it's just backdrops and occasionally bringing on members of the stage crew, like dressed up as World War One soldiers or something like that. And with the stuff like the plane and the, the sort of 
um, having like three different acts and stuff. It just felt like the best Maiden show I'd ever seen. Yeah. Okay. System of Down. Um, I mean, now that we have heard quite staunchly that we're not going to get any new system material, mm-hmm. this does feel very deja vu. Um, I am, I think I've expressed it a little bit on this podcast, although not that much. System of a Down are one of my favourite metal bands of all time. Like, oh yeah, they're on record. They are fucking great. And yeah. Back in the day, live, they were amazing as well. Like, I love System of a Down. Yeah. I love them. And this is why, you know, <laughs> this is why I don't really want them to play or to see yeah. them again. Like, do you know what I mean? There are some bands that I just think, you have, just please, for yourself... Like, you know, oh, I don't like what happened. You know, I watch them go, this is shit. And loads of people go, this is shit. Like, you know, so what? We don't care. But for your own, I don't know, that you're, for your own, like, sense of self-worth, just stop. Well, it just feels like, especially now that they've made it quite clear that it doesn't look like there's going to be new material, they have basically admitted we are now a karaoke act by continuing to, I mean, karaoke is a little bit harsh, but, you know, they are. No, not really. You're a fucking, you're a it's no different to you know we used to we used to like i said it before like we used to laugh at like you know poison and those sort of bands kind of mm. playing these caravan weekenders and just going out and playing to a bunch of people dressed like it's not in and that's what system of a down are now yeah it's sad to see and it's even later like at least poison were doing it sort of 10 years after they were big like this is i mean obviously system of a down are still incredibly sizable and you're thinking it will be well 2020 it will be what uh, when was the last one out? 2004, 2005. 2005, it must have been 2005. So, you know, that's longer than Tool yeah. without an album. Yeah. And we've, you know, we've just had two thoroughly underwhelming download headline performances. Although what I will say as a caveat is that apparently when they came and did Wembley Arena, they were incredible. I saw them at Wembley Arena and they, they were, were incredible. Right, yep. okay. And apparently they subheadlined to Linkin Park at Reading. In 2013, I want okay. to say. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they were really, really great then as well. So, uh, but that's now the Wembley show is will be five years ago. Yeah, four or five years ago. So you know, it's I, I don't know. I I have not seen them uh, be bad, but that's because I haven't really gone to these shows, kind mm. of on purpose. Yeah. Um, and the Wembley show, I just feel like I was incredibly fortunate. I mean, they did 36 songs in two hours and it was just bang, 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 bang. And it was just incredible. It was incredible. Mm. Um, but yes, that does seem like a rarity. And I am inclined to believe most of the people who say that they are a shadow of them for their former selves because it is a very, very kind of popular opinion, mm. especially mainly amongst people who did see them back in the day, admittedly. I think maybe something that we will forget and maybe we should remember is people who didn't get an opportunity to see them back in the day probably revel the opportunity to see them now because they, because they don't know how good they were. Yeah. And yeah, I think that that's worth thing. bearing in mind. Definitely. Oh yeah, 100%. I think it's definitely worth bearing in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but all I can say is one quick cursory glance on, you put in System of a Down, Ozfest 98 or Ozfest 99, and a video will come up of them and what they used to be like live. Yeah. And it's not my, you know, it's not my imagination. Yeah. Like, it's, no, I don't it's think not, Do you know what I mean? Um, well, I've seen uh, YouTube footage of those download shows and yeah, it's flat. Yeah. Uh, they were, they were terrible. Mm. They, you know, there's a, so this is what, like, 
that punk documentary I was talking about, and I said, oh, Ian Mackay says a great thing. I'll tell you what he, is, he said. He says there's a bit at the start of the the episode with like you know the second coming of punk and you know Green Day, Nirvana, and all that kind of and, and offspring and all that sort of stuff. And at the very very start of it, Ian Mackay says, um, punk rock is supposed should be like a precious thing that you have handed to you and you kind of cherish it and you polish it up and then you hand it on to the next people and they look after it but once you sell it you can't ever get it back and there's a lot of bands at the moment i think who have sold something of themselves that they'll never be able to get back system of a down will never ever be toxicity system of a down ever again it's too late their legacy for me for me speaking as myself is irredeemably tarnished same with that driving and unfortunately now because i was a big fan of it i think refuse might fit into that category as well and we'll review that album when it comes out but i've already kind of given away what i think about it to be honest um, i'm really scared about listening to it but yeah um and i think the reason and radiance well maybe not radiance machine so much but certainly like with profits of rage but then that might be a little bit different so i think maybe rage you're all right and the problem is is that when we talk about the likes and we used to laugh at the likes of motley crew and poison being used to kind of well do you know what i mean <laughs> no, like no, yeah, yeah. In, i'm talking about when rock music for it was vital and exciting still mm. and still sort of pushing forward and you were getting you know constant new and exciting sounds coming out of you know our scene probably up until really you know about 2005 i think 2006 or my chemical from my chemical romance beyond nothing interesting has got big really like not not to the to the to the level of a ramstein or a slipknot or do you know what i mean like we've mm. who have we had avenged to become a headliner mm. they're all right i suppose um five finger death punch, five finger death punch and you know ghost. like ghost may might may happen with ghost mm-hmm. it may happen with Parkway, um but really you know, you're kind of, there's a lot of repeating. And when I, like, I'm in a funny position with this download lineup because on the one hand, <laughs> it's so predictable. It's so boring. For someone who's been going to, for, to the last 10 downloads, I mean, even as I sit there and go, even as I sit there and go, Deftones and Gojira playing, I still think, well, pff, yeah, you know, I can, uh, Gojira, if Gojira on the main stage, and I would be surprised if they were, but Gojira on the main stage, I think is something worth getting excited about. Um, and that feels exciting. As much as I love Deftones, download crowds don't seem to take to them that much, um, particularly. And they don't, they don't seem to like them very much. you got Korn. I mean, Korn have played it over and over again. Korn will be great always. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, how many times have I seen Korn? Loads of times. Just, you know, obviously going through the rest of the band, Disturbed, I don't give a shit about. Elsom, I don't give a shit about. Blackwell Bride, I don't give a shit about. Of Mice and Men, I don't give a shit about. Daughtry, I don't give a shit about. Offspring. Previous download previous headliners. Previous download headliners. <laughs> yeah. No one really is excited by the idea of Offspring in 2020. I would undoubtedly go and see them if I oh, were yeah. there, but you excited? Know, no. Then playing no. Smash when they did it in 2014. Felt mm. exciting six years ago. I'd be more excited by Americana, but you know, that's a showing the difference in our age americana fucking you're a right. fucking lunatic um <laughs> i love that record that. Uh, <laughs> and you know but but the problem is this is what people want so on one hand i'm like 
I think, well, this is obviously what people want. And I would like to see new headliners brought forward. But then you think about the people that are put forward as new headliners. Five Finger Death Punch. Yeah. Elstom. Alter Bridge. Yeah. Blackstone Cherry. Um, well, look, I, I there's, Volbeat, there's a like, shorthand to this. I really like Ghosts, but even Ghosts aren't the most exciting band in the world. And no. they are probably the most likely big band and that we they're champion. apparently some way away from it like yeah i don't know be. you know they're obviously never going to get pearl jam they're obviously never going to get green day they're obviously never going to get um red hot chili peppers or Blink 182. Blink 182 or any of those bands you know th- to me the idea of a festival headlined by a day to remember sounds like where you know if i go to hell and inter a day of internal damnation <laughs> Uh, like to spend Not eternity the in, no, no, no. <laughs> to spend eternity in hell it would be at a festival headlined by a day to remember <laughs> like i honestly like so i think basically rock is fucked i wish they'd kept the indie day to be honest because you think now it would have been going well you could have gone for the cure or arcade fire or radiohead or you know falls or that you know that or Bonnevere or I mean I don't know like I'm plucking names out of my head Stereophonics or Street Preachers it just would have increased the pool a little bit but now you go and you can't even have Biffy people kicking off you can't have Biffy and no one watched it fuck that I mean it's just it's a it's a difficult it's a difficult one because like they've download have always wanted to paint themselves as a rock festival but everyone's always seen them as a metal festival Mm -hmm. I think that's been an issue and the patrons the people who go see it as a metal festival yeah. you know oh, yeah. whether download want it to be a rock festival or not and then whenever they try and go out sort of broaden out into rock, and you know the biffy clary thing was was a brilliant sort of um experiment and it's really tragic that it didn't work and i understand i, I think the thing with this yeah, i mean after that if you were red hot chili peppers or pearl jam you would yeah, be like yeah, no i don't yeah. want to play there yeah like, and i think that. i think the the difficulty is i mean this is a very safe download lineup um safe in the traditional sense of the word not safe as in safe yeah um this is you know uh, there are plenty of people who will be more than satisfied with it but it's not very interesting or exciting and i think to the outside world it doesn't make it look like that rock or metal is in a particularly exciting place at the moment well shall we transition this conversation into what i was about to talk about which was the mercury music prize okay because i went to them so in years gone by we would laugh at the mercury music prize and we would go look at the great shit that's going on in the rock scene and i think particularly between the years of sort of 2016 through to 2018 like last year we had a really really good blend of new bands and bands starting to gain serious traction you mentioned Ghost, Gojira, yeah. Parkway. Super, super quickly, just to interject, that's what's so irritating. Because mm. the outside perception will be, if you see bills like that, it will be like, well, there's nothing interesting happening in rock music, is yeah. it? And, and that isn't the case at all. It's just there's this, there's such a, a large gap between what download headliners are and, um, you know, and a lot of these new bands that we talk about. And it's, mm. yeah, it's immensely frustrating. I don't know what the answer to that is, but yeah. Well, I mean, you know, as as I was saying, normally we would look, you know, we'd look at the Mercury Music Prize and I went along more out of kind of obligation and wanting to see idols than anything else the other mm-hmm. day, right? Now, we've spoken about the Mercury before and you said last week, I have no time for it, da 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 You're not that I don't, I don't, about it. I don't really care who wins. You don't care. Okay, fine. Um, but yeah, which is what you said. And then I went along and I kind of expected it to be, you know, sort of standard 
Mercury Fair, people have tweeted us and gone, you should listen to Little Sims and should listen to Slow Time, you should listen to Dave. And really, we concentrated more on the kind of alternative guitar-based stuff, which is what we tend to do in this show. I have to say, Renfrey, British music is in a really, really, really great place. Yeah. That show was fucking great. I've where, never. It where was, was it? At, at Hammersmith Apollo. Ah. And I think literally every act on the night were great. Cool. Every act. Um, to go through them kind of one by one, um, Foles opened it and I thought it sounded really classy and I could see why they were this kind of big... They felt like the most sort of big professional band who played on the night uh-huh. because the 1975 didn't play. The 1975 were on tour and they showed a video of them at Reading, which actually I'll, I'll discount that because, you know, that was... Because uh, you were going, oh, 1975 are a shoe-in to win. 1975 were the blandest yeah. thing there. I was wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm quite happy I was wrong um, as well. I th- Anna Calvi was absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. and her her voice is incredible she looked like a fucking rock star do you know what i mean like she looked like the white she looked like a one woman white stripes she cool. was amazing right and her voice is fantastic um she was great the i mean for me the discovery of the night i know slow tie got a lot of sort of um press which we'll talk about in a second little sims who i'd never even heard of before it was like kind of um i guess piano led gospel hip i've never seen someone playing piano and like rapping at the same time oh wow she was fucking brilliant okay and i've never heard of her before so i'm you know i i have to plead ignorance for a lot of stuff like do you know what i mean i don't go too deep on hip-hop and rap and obviously you know i should because i've walked away going fuck me this is a real like this this is an eye this is an eye opener this um she was amazing uh, Seed Ensemble were the kind of jazz band who were, you know, again, it's not really my sort of thing, but they were good. Some really odd time signatures. Um, Fontaine's DC, like we mentioned them quickly when we were talking about the the sort of build up. We've had a lot of it. people ask us. A lot of people were asked about the album. I've listened to the album a couple of times more. I think it is really good. The song they did, Boys in the Better Land, is, is a brilliant song. And they, a lot of people compare them to the Smiths and Morrissey and, you know, and that kind of stuff. But actually the singer, he... I know you, you probably wouldn't like this, but he, he's got a bit of Liam Gallagher about him. He's got the kind of swagger mm-hmm. and they've, yeah, they've, and he's a really, really great lyricist as well. I thought they were very good. He's already got more brownie points than Liam Gallagher then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to be fair. Yeah, well, he's a great he, just, he just sings what he's told to sing, isn't he? Um, <laughs> Kate Le Bon, I've got to be honest, actually, I say, to say that I wasn't that mad keen on Kate Le Bon. I thought Kate Le Bon was kind of, was like, was fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I wasn't really particularly taken by Kate LeBon. Although at the after party, Kate LeBon fell down the stairs and I caught her. <laughs> I did. I what? saved her life. I saved Kate LeBon. You life. saved her life. Yeah. I actually, I'm, this isn't quite how it happened. So basically I was stood by some stairs and Kate LeBon slipped down the stairs and she grabbed my waist. And because I'm such a big beefy hunk, Renfrey, <laughs> she like basically sort of grabbed hold of me and I just stood there and I didn't even notice and she pulled, she's like oh my god you saved my life so yeah we'll say I caught Kate LeBond oh, but actually I had absolutely I had no idea that it happened but she's a really she stayed in like chatted to my two drunk bosses which is like you got nominated it was all pretty awkward and I was just like oh this is, awkward. <laughs> this is a bit awkward now but she was like thank you so much I was going to fall flat on my face she oh, seems like a very nice person oh though. well Kate if you want to come on the show as a, as a thanks for Steve saving your life <laughs> yeah she definitely doesn't listen to this um dave who actually won dave um did a song called psycho now not live down no now live i i wasn't 
completely captivated by Dave's performance. Um, I didn't think on like live it was the best thing, but having gone back to listen to the record, I can really understand why that album won. Okay. Why? Because, okay, for kind of UK grime, hip hop, um, if Stormzy's corn, Dave's Deftones, Dave might even be tall. Um, Yeah. Oh, I think he's doing. It's a shame something. he's got such a shite name. I know. Um, Dive. I think what he's doing with the sort of the medium of hip hop is very, very important. And you're talking about like eleven minute long songs about male Ooh. sort of cracked male masculinity and mental health and stuff. And does he refer to women as bitches? Um, not that I can remember. No. Good. Um, but it's a lot of it's like like it's thematic. It's like it's like an opera. That album. It's like a kind of hip hop opera. Uh, hip opera. Yeah, and it's it's really really I good. More than that. Come on. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, no, no. Ow, fair play. Fuck. <laughs> you fucking, uh, that's what you, you got me so, deserved. I'm so impressed with myself. I've banged my head on a Baroness poster. Yeah. in a frame. Sorry. Um, okay, uh, the hip opera. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Black Midi. That was very, um, that was really good. It was worth it. It was good. No, mate, it was. Sorry, I was just, I was, it was quite a serious moment. Writing it down. (laughs) (laughs) Hip Hopra. That's going to be the title, (laughs) isn't it? Um, Black Midi, I was very, very impressed with. Reminded me of Daughters Live. They got a kind of Dillinger vibe. They're like, oh, yeah, like they, the, the guitarist went fucking crazy. He went full Ben Wyman. And yeah, they did actually like live. I mean, the drummer is. The drummer is the drummer is the rhythm and the lead instrument. He's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, the drummer was the most impressive thing that I got from the recordings. Yeah, I thought I'd like to see them do a full set because they played um, BMBM, which on the album I don't actually think is one of the more exciting tracks. Yeah, so I would like to see them live and see them do some. Other, but yeah, they were they were they were really good. Um, Nao was one that I was like, you know, this is kind of nineties influenced soul. Uh, which I was, she was very, she was good at what she did. It wasn't really the sort of thing that I'm particularly into. Can you give me some uh, examples, 90s song? Oh, you know, like Eternal or something like that. <sighs> it's like, it's like, yeah, it's like kind of Whitney houston style. So I mean, it's people who know her will be going, no, but hopefully that's... Gabrielle? Fun. Yeah, something like that. I James suppose like Misha Paris and, you know, whoever, all those ones. Okay. It's not really the sort of thing I even know anything about. It was just like, you know. Sort of thing I listened to in the bath with some candles. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's not true. And then the end, slow tie, doorman, complete with severed Boris Johnson head and idols never fight a man with a perm was a rollicking way to end that show. My God. So great. So slow tie, I didn't really know anything about. Um, he was wearing a t-shirt that said fuck Boris on it and it was loads of different Boris Johnsons actually engaged in sexual acts with each other. Um, He was holding a severed Boris Johnson head. He jumped straight off the stage and got on someone's table, kicked her stuff off, pulled someone off their chair, walked around with a chair held up. He's like a kind of one man, the Bronx, um, but to hip hop. Uh, It was very exciting, very impressive, super angry. Um, And it got... A lot of people the next day got riled up about it. There was a lot of uh, a lot of riling. It. It's a sh- yeah. It's not yeah. It's not the most subversive message in the world, is it? Not the most Fuck subversive. The Prime Minister. It's not the most. I subversive. mean, and he had a severed bloody head. It's a perfectly 
fine thing to say, considering. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I'll tell you how I feel about it, Renfrey. Lovely stuff. Um, I think it's fine. I don't have a I problem. I think it's fine. Don't have a problem with it. I don't have any problem with somebody expressing how they feel when they're doing their show. I think if you're an artist, we'll talk about this later on, I think, with one of the bands that we're chatting about. If you have a very strong belief about something, you should express it. And that should be, you know, and if it's offensive to people, well, hey, it's offensive to people. And a lot of the people who read the right-wing press and the Daily Mail and stuff, they were offended by it. And a lot of our lot sort of went, well, yeah, fuck you, though. Like, fuck you. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Here's the thing, right? Either you go on stage and you do whatever the fuck you want, and it's all good, and you can protest, and you can say nasty things, you can do the things that you want to do, and you're allowed to express yourself artistically as you see fit, or you're not. Yes, you're describing free speech here. Yes. Something that we have so, fought wars for, and so people have died well, I, in their millions to protect. So I, those people in Daily Mail probably want Jim Davidson on telly. Mm. And we go, ah, it's just a bit of fun, isn't it? It's just a bit of this, just a bit of that. And it's like, well, you have to fucking make your mind up as to whether or not it's all right for people to do things or it's not. And it's all, like it's either is or it's not. I guess just taking devil's advocate for a second, I guess, though, it's also OK for people to comment on it and go, I don't think. It's know, OK to people to comment on it, but it's not OK to, to have like they're saying it's slow tie. You know, the, the shit that you'd see online was people going, he shouldn't be allowed to perform in this country ever again. He should the police should be called and he should be arrested. Yes. Now, there's a long tradition of we're Alice Cooper or Marilyn Manson or whoever getting arrested for the stuff they get up to on stage. So, yeah, fine. Fucking call the police, whatever. But, you know. That's don't different. fucking call the police because that's a massive waste of their time. Yeah, it is a ma- well, of course, don't fucking do. Of that, course, like... it's a massive waste of their time. Of course, it is. Of course, it's a stupid, massive waste of their time. But um, that this whole thing is a waste of everybody's time. Yeah. Just go and watch people, and if you don't like what, well, again, I think we're probably going to be talking about this later. I just think I, I don't know. I, I just think that there seems to be a, uh, a kind of an accepted idea of what you can and or what is okay to be hugely offensive about and i almost okay i actually not okay i actually be. almost think the opposite but i think that so many people have it very clear in their heads as to what is acceptable and what it isn't what isn't but unfortunately everyone's idea of that is completely different and because everyone has a voice they very strongly go this is not okay and it's like, well, the parameters haven't really been set with that, actually. And the parameters are constantly being shifted and moved. And Well, it's, you know, you're it, never going to, not everyone is going to agree with the, uh, the your uh, point of view. And if you yeah. have a very, very strong point of view about something, let's talk about this when we talk about the nervous record, um, <laughs> which we undoubtedly will do. Idols were fucking incredible as well. I mean, they got the biggest cheer of the night by far. Good. Like, they really did. I think them and Dave were clearly, like, the two in-house favourites and it just went berserk when Idols came on good um, I wish they hadn't played Never Fight a Man with a Perm because I don't think it is one of the best songs on Joys and Axes Resistance nah it's one of the most immediate though isn't it I guess so yeah um, but, but I would I like to have you. seen them do something from you know the sort of no yeah actually something immediate probably did work but overall Renfrey taking that into an account like what we got that night I went away going this is a really, really exciting period in British music. Mm. Really, really exciting. It and it would be very difficult to argue the case for any of our bands in the rock and metal world to have been included in that. Because I genuinely don't think... I think any of them that people outside of the rock and metal world would have heard of. Yes, well, 
look, you know, we're talking about the type of bands that really, like Marmosets a few years ago, yes. I think if if Ammo was as good as Sempaternal, maybe Bring Me might have got a, a, a shout. I love Architects and I love the Architects record, but I'm almost not sure that you could put that in amongst the the stuff that was on this lineup and and go yeah you know that's a, a sort of yeah. significant i mean everyone knows my feelings on architects yeah. but i don't think they're anywhere near as exciting enough live either personally but yeah well um you know that's that's opinion yeah yeah, yeah. uh but like i i you know i i think there are people there who were genuinely doing new things i mean i think black black midi is one where you go well you could have nominated something that sounds just like this four or five times but no but you know the the the, the few bands that I do think, okay, well, Black Peaks, are they good enough? You know, maybe, yeah. Um, or Employed to Serve, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. Like, even that, they're just not of a significant enough profile to get put forward for something like that. And when you think of the bands that are of a significant enough profile to get put forward for something like that, they're not very They're exciting. not good enough. They're absolutely mm. nowhere near good enough. Mm. And that, I, I feel like this is the chasing of the tail that download has at the moment mm. because they've got to book those bands yeah. because to satisfy 40, 45 year old boring metal heads who don't want anything to change at any point. Yeah. And it's fucking and I really, boring. And you know, I, I kind of feel like it's, you know, people talk about global warming and they go, well, you know, it's happened now. Climate mm. change. It's too late to stop it. Mm. <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. just try and mm-hmm. sustain yeah. it for as long as possible. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about download. I think, yeah. all right, well, you know, it's you, you're not going to... Let's just fucking parade Slipknot and System of Down and Ramstein and Maiden out until they're gone. And who, then we'll just fucking go. Who, in a lot of those cases, are bands that we do actually like. It's oh, just they're not exciting. Like, even Slipknot. How these exciting days. it was when Slipknot were gotten, uh, you know, put in... TFI Friday. Well, I was going to say Download 2009. Right. How yeah. exciting that was. It's really, really exciting. Like that was a genuinely like yes, it's waited ten years, mm. and they finally got there. Even yeah. Avenged, it was like oh, Avenged, a new headliner. But this wow, is but this is go. the problem. I I massively sympathise with Download in 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 lots of ways actually because oh god, it's going to sound it sounds like such a cunty thing to say to say that the the crowd are too boring to. But that's that the 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 large majority of the Download crowd know what they want and they do not want anything different and that's what they have to cater to yeah and it it means as a result download is becoming more and more kind of high voltage festival Mm. or classic rock kind of style festival as it each year goes by and it's just becoming very uninspiring and uninteresting i mean mean, this is is why this is what sorry this is this is why i know you sort of slightly mock me for this but this, this is the reason why i've been shouting about art tangent and 2000 trees for years and years and years yeah because both of those festivals yeah they can't command the massive 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 acts because they just do not have the money to um book them but they're better they're, festivals they're, well they're 10 times better and they're far more exciting mm. yeah it's a shame and the thing is, is like you look on the fourth stage of download and there are great things on there yeah but they're on the fourth stage but they're on the fourth stage and the fourth stage is often sort of 
not seen as a priority you'll often get really bad sound on that fourth stage not always but often sometimes sometimes bands only get 20 minutes on that stage is that right it's that's no kind of proper showcase for because that's not where downloads bread is buttered i mean mate you look right you look at the i mean the comparison with hip-hop is so obvious i mean you look at travis scott kendrick lamar stormzy you know obviously then kanye west um and then <laughs> like since those artists have been going what has metal produced that is there that, that, that you know at, at most at absolute most at a stretch at a push you could say Avenged Sevenfold mm. who could kind of and, and even then I mean Avenged Sevenfold walking into a room with Kendrick Lamar mm. Mm. yeah that, you know that's like I mean they're, they're not even they're not even close are they in terms of you know I'm going to say one other devil's I'm going to say one other devil's advocate thing which uh, I brought up with you very briefly just before we started recording um, and I'm not kind of um, saying this is a good or a bad thing. I'm merely pointing it out as a fact. I think the thing, something that I love about rock and metal is like we um, we look after our artists in ways that pop and hip hop and so on and so forth don't. I think, um, you know, Stormzy is a massive deal right now. But is Stormzy going to be around in 10 years time? He might be. I think when you get to the sort of level that these artists are getting at now, I think it's very difficult for you to drop off. I don't know. Well, hmm. I think it is, mate. I think I think what you're talking about there is when rappers maybe didn't last as long. Um, yeah. And when it, there wasn't the same sort of climate and hunger for that type of music. Like when people, because that's the thing, I've heard a lot of people in rock go, oh, when when the mainstream get bored of urban culture, they'll come back to guitars. It's like, that ain't happening no. for decades. Yeah. If you honestly can mm-hmm. see an end in sight for that, then yeah. bloody hell, you, again, I've got some more magic beans for you, just like <laughs> that guy who was like the Blink-182 album last week. Um, I, You know, that that is not going to happen. In for a very, 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 very long time, if at all, mm. right? So you either fucking jump on board with these people, like you look at what you know. To me, Code Orange are a fucking beacon of hope. To be the way they conduct themselves, the fact that they're young and hung, and there are a whole bunch of bands who are following them, and and you know that shit feels exciting. And you remember, in the, and the difference between now is like, oh, Code Orange have got a Grammy nomination, and their thing was in you know their things in Times Square, and they've done a, a remix with Alt J. And that's, you would like to think that everyone would be like, whoosh, go, get them, go, everybody, mm, Code Orange, fucking mm, storm the mm. fort, everyone coming behind them. Because that is the most, you know, we're, again, we're going to be talking about this sort of thing later. Like, we are, yeah. This is the most exciting sound that we've got at the moment. It's actually different and it's sort of fresh and cutting edge. And I think it could compete, you know, obviously on a much, much smaller scale, but it could at least make us feel like stuff like code orange and turnstile at least makes you feel like it's kind of young and exciting you watch clips and download and then you watch that travis scott documentary on netflix people are going fucking berserk at his shows and it's not you know five thousand people it's no it's fucking sixty thousand people yeah. at a festival yeah. and one dude just fucking owning it and you know no rock stars plus no push plus you know, fans wanting the same old shit and being super suspicious of anyone who does. You look at the shit ghosts get. 
right? Like, you look at the shit Ghost or the shit the Parkway Drive get, like what Parkway got for Bloodstock. Mm-hmm. Like, two bands with legit ambition, mm-hmm. right? You look at the shit that, like, not a band that I like at all, but you look at Five Finger Death Punch, right? For, for all the Five Finger Death Punch music, which I do not like at all, mm-hmm. Five Finger Death Punch have got legitimate ambition. Yep. Five Finger Death Punch conduct themselves like they should be a big band. They want to be a big band. And they get shit on by the metal community. And I, you know, I, I'm one of those people because <laughs> musically they're rubbish, right? But, but, the, but, you know, but I would rather have Five Finger Death Punch headlining download than I would System no, of a Down. And I say yeah. that as someone who fucking adores System of a Down's records. I'd rather have Five Finger Death Punch yeah. headlining. Yeah. At this stage, yes. And, Even, and, and I do not like Five yeah. Finger Death Punch, but at this stage, yes, I would much Safe bookings, that. safe fans, like a lack of rocks. You know, again, I mean, mate, it's just, it's so hard. It's so hard to see like how this is going to change at this point. Uh, well, I mean, I know what you said about this this thirty year career thing, right? Mm. Which is fine, uh, and, and you're right to an extent. I think a lot of them, unfortunately, they might want to. Maybe we're too nice to them. Some of them, System of a Down and Kiss, and you know, maybe not Maiden, but like some of them, they should have shuffled off a while ago. Yeah, you know, and because in the nineties, they they weren't said, "Oh, do you mind moving?" They were fucking shoved. No. Nirvana are here now. Ministry. Ministry headlining Lollapalooza. Code Orange should be fucking... That's what you would want from yeah. from from our bands now, from those like rock and metal bands. You would want Code Orange not to go like, hey, great, Code Orange are opening for System of a Down at Arenas. Like, that's really, really exciting. Yeah, it is. But they're like... If you're taking Code Orange kids as well, they're like four albums in. They're on Unjustice for All. Three. Three, okay. Well, they're Master of Puppets. Like, come on. Mm. It's uh, it's just like you know. Oh, Ghost needs to do another. How many fucking albums have Ghost got to do? Have Ghost got to get up to like St. Anger levels of albums when they're fucking old and past it and boring before they get a chance to fucking yeah, headline? That, that that is well, yeah, that is the issue, isn't it? It's, it's bollocks. Yeah, yeah. And I know those bands aren't going to get as big as well. They're not as big as Metallica. No, no one's ever going to be as big as Metallica. Mm. They're not going to be as big as Metallica. But you know, but like you say, Rem, I'm in the minority because people want to watch Kiss. But More I, people want to watch Kiss. I suppose, I mean, this is another issue with this is like rock music costs more to produce and put together. And, you know, there's a lot of hip hop artists who can do stuff in their bedroom and they can literally write a track and record it and put it out in 24 hours. And you can't really do that with the majority of rock bands. So Mm -hmm. that's another sort of advantage that hip hop and pop has because... You know, not to sound like a cunt about it, but the that music isn't as sophi- uh, I don't know if I want to use the word sophisticated. You can, but there isn't you as can, much. You can put it together. You can put it together physical, quicker without without physical instruments. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, but I don't know. I mean, yeah. I I'm not really. I'm not concerned about rock at all. I'm concerned about download. If they mm. continue like this. Well, I'm not concerned about rock being something which will continue to create music which I fucking love. Mm. I'm sure that will continue to happen. Like I don't think that. But I do think that, you know, that I, I, are we going to be, is it going to be like, you know, in the, that thing in Blackpool, the fucking punks go to Rebellion Fest where you're in Blackpool and they watch GBH and they exploited every single year. Yeah. And there's like two, three thousand of them doing that. Yeah. It's like, is that the, is that the future? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just going to be fucking hard rock hell left. Well, I, cer- I certainly think. Or a, fu- or a fucking Slayer bloody hologram with King Diamond holograms supporting them. Like, come on. I certainly think the future is 
I, I think it's going to have to be smaller. In yeah. terms of festivals, it's what kind of the industry called the boutique festivals. You know, I think it's just going to have to be because... Yeah. And you look at lineups like Art Tangent. I mean, you know, the Art Tangent lineup this year, we fucking raved about them. So it was great. It's fucking great. If you like that stuff, nailed it. 2000 Trees have nailed it for years and years and years and years. Oh. Bloodstock have had years where they've absolutely fucking nailed it. Maybe not this year, but like in general, they they nail it. It's looking good for next year as well, Bloodstock. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, already. Uh, and that's even the stuff that I can't tell you about. Um, <laughs> uh, and, you know, I just, you say about the sort of longevity of these hip hop artists, like, mate, I wouldn't, in, in 10 years, Stormzy will be playing Wembley Stadium while fucking Kiss Hologram Tour is playing, like. Maybe Stormzy's yeah, a bad example, but, like, I don't know. Th- th- there's a lot less kind of. Um, I th- that is something that I do enjoy about rock and metal music whilst at the same time I realise it's a double-edged sword because it's also potentially the kind of uh, the end of it because mm. because we you know like like it's only it, worth doing that if you if, if other people are taking the place of those people when they're sure do you know what I mean and not in a shitty way sure like I look at Korn and I think man if Korn had split up after David Silvera left Mm. And they reform this year to play fucking follow the leader in full. You don't think they'd be headlining download? Of course, oh, of course they, would. they would be. Yeah. yeah, of course they would be. But what they've done is actually tough it out, and it's like ah, you're just there, and and you know, and I've just said it, ah, you're just there, and you get, you know, that yeah. the, the fact and we're talking that, about a band who've just released a great record, yeah, as well. probably the best record they've released in years. coming on two decades, years, yeah, and time. and Tool have done, released a brilliant album, Slipknot have released a brilliant album. Yeah. Like these big kind of behemoth-sized metal bands are, are this year are stepping up and releasing really, really fucking good records, yeah, yeah. and that's great. And I yeah. do think, I do believe that you know your career will get a se- you get you get a second win sometimes. You know, for a lot of these these I just think artists in general, <laughs> um, you know, you get a kind of second win sometimes. But I, you know, I just think without something else which is going above it. It's kind of a weird thing, and I, you know, and I don't know how the, it ever gets remedied. Like you say, boutique festivals. The idea, wireless in fucking ten years time or whatever, you know, bloody Kiss sponsored festival you're going to go to. Yeah, still going to have. Uh, I would be surprised, you know, tra- like people like Travis Scott and Kendrick Lamar are still going to be absolute Tyler the Creator are still going to be absolutely monolithically huge. I don't doubt that for a second. They will be. They absolutely will be. You, I mean, Kanye West has been around for coming on uh, like 15 years now, at least, probably more. Well, maybe more than 15 years now. And he's still, you know, one of the biggest artists in the world. Ditto Jay-Z. Like, you know, hip-hop artists do have mm. a starting to get longevity. Some I could kind of get it before, you know, but then it, it's a, like Eminem as well. Like Matt, when that album came out, fucking massive. Yeah, that's true. Like, I think it's a, that's a bit of a, uh, a misnomer no, fair in 2019. Enough. That's a very good point. Um, but anyway, so that's the download announcement and well done to Dave on winning the Mercury Prize, which Dave. was great. Um, really, really good. Okay, let's do some reviews. Sorry, that went that went mad, didn't it? It's all right. It went it's mad. Gonna be, it's going to be a long, it's gonna be a long show, show today. Sorry, yeah. 65 Days of Static. 
uh, is where we start. The album is called Replica. It's the seventh album from the UK cult experimentalist. It's called Replica 2019, and that is important, apparently. Oh, right, okay. Mm. It's also the sixth album, just to be a cunt. Sorry. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Why did it say that then? Because uh, Wikipedia is rubbish, but it is the sixth full-length album. Yeah, I don't, I've got to be honest, I don't know much about 65 Days of Static. Yeah, I'm very are. intrigued. One of those cult bands. Um, so Renfrey, I think what was it? Wild Light in 2013 was their their previous. Record. Yeah, Wild Light was their last sort. Of, so they do kind of like I think probably the reason for the confusion as to which record it is and all that kind of thing is because they do sort of soundtrack albums as well. They've done like a reimagining of the soundtrack for Silent Running, Douglas Trumbull film. Yep. And they also did the soundtrack to uh, No Man's Sky, which was a video game which kind of had. Uh, procedurally generated universes which you could go out and explore and as a result of that uh 65 days of static made i mean uh, it's it's something which i still have trouble kind of getting my head around but essentially a procedurally generated soundtrack which kind of um changes and uh adapts to the manner in which the player is playing it's not like the newest thing in the world in video game technology there's plenty of video games that do that but um 65 kind of went away for a bit and sort of relearn how to do all of this stuff and they were working on that no man's sky soundtrack for about a year which is quite a long time to work on a sort of i don't want to call it a side project because it's actually a fantastic record um but you know, they were just completely sort of re-sculpting what they do um, and using lots of algorithms and all sorts of bits and pieces, which I would love to pretend that I understand. But in in actual fact, I, 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 I'm in awe of it, but I don't really know what the hell it's all about. Um, for the uninitiated, 65 Days of Static are a kind of um, hybrid electronic slash post-rock act that is being very... Um, reductive for what they do because to be honest with you they are incredibly good at continuing to progress and not standing still for a for a single second um they're quite a difficult i suppose as a result of that they're a difficult band to initially get into because one album like all their albums sound quite different it has to be said i was going to ask you about this Mm. i am a layman when it comes to 65 days of static my only real knowledge about them is that they're on that Robert Smith South Bank Centre poster that I've got over there. That's correct. Um, Saw them at that show. It was very good. Yeah. Um, I remember The Fall of Math coming out. That was their debut album. Yep. Great record. Yes, 2004. Yep. Did they do an EP before that? Maybe They've done a, their, yeah, a few EPs before yeah, that. So one of their songs was on a rock sound CD. Mm-hmm. Imagine that, rock sound. Not the rock sound you... <laughs> see avoid in the shops now it's uh, probably rock. retreat retreat i'm guessing I can't so like that. okay but um there was a song on a rock sound cd and it got they got a kind of a pretty good review and i was like oh, i should check this band out and i didn't get any sort of enjoyment from it at all oh really uh, okay i have to say but my god what it sounds like now i couldn't even begin to tell you i have no idea it was so long ago uh, that i have no idea but I do know that We Were Exploding Anyway is an album that people say to me that you should listen to a lot. Yeah. Um, we Were Exploding Anyway is um, certainly one of the most critically acclaimed and most respected 65 Days of Static albums. Uh, this is not going to be a, uh, you know, well, this is going to be a controversial opinion. It's probably my least favourite 65 Days album. Right. That may well be because 
it's the one where the electronic elements are most to the fore and i love the hybrid of what they do with that but um the electronic elements more so on their own interests me less and i don't think this album does sound like we were exploding anyway at all really but Mm. if if i were to pick out an album of theirs which it has some comparison to i would say it was we were exploding anyway and this all sort of concerned me ever so slightly because i wasn't you know i just don't really return to that record very often it's not really one of my favorites i think i'd probably point to wild light actually as the best record 65 days of static i've ever done the last one Mm, yeah absolutely phenomenal and this is this is something that i love about them they are continuing to progress and continuing they never sit still you know they really never do sit still if i one day i may do if i gave you wild light on trade-off or something like that you'd listen to this and you'd listen to it and think well that sounds like a totally different band Mm. to this um replica 2019 is kind of like it is the most electronic thing they have ever done i wondered Mm, i would say yeah um i suppose well i'll i'll (sighs) I'll read you a little bit here that kind of gives you an idea of sort of the sheer amount of stuff they have done in their career. So from their immediately recognisable aesthetic of glitches and urgent guitars of 2004 debut The Fall of Math, the band's sound evolved via techno, post-rock, drum and bass, math rock, IDM, drone, breakcore, film scores and their self-proclaimed dust punk (laughs) clattering into the colossal widescreen noise cultures of 2013's Wild Light. I mean, yeah they've done all of that right. <laughs> you know they are very 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 um broad and experimental and very interesting band yeah um and i think what we have here we've got another instrumental record we have um that is doubling uh, up on the old Renfrey call this <laughs> week, <haven't> we? <laughs> we've got another instrumental record that is um quite sci-fi themed i feel Oh, I thought you meant later on. We've got another record, uh, instrumental record. There is yes, another instrumental record later. But, but yes, after about. speaking about um, ties from Nebula, Nebula. there seems to be quite a few of these this year. But the really, there's another one um, by a French band called Lost in Kiev earlier this year, which we didn't actually get around to reviewing. But what what's really interesting about that is, um, whilst they all have that kind of sci-fi theme going through them, uh, they all sound really different. And I think that's very encouraging for where instrumental music is in 2019. Because if you sort of pick on a theme. And then get bands to write instrumentally about it. You'd expect those albums to all be quite similar. Yeah, this doesn't sound like Ties from Nebula, does it? Not at all. No, no, not at all. Um, I have to say, I no. Actually, I'd like to ask. Actually, I'm going to ask you what you think of it before I go into what I think of it. Um, whoa, not much to be honest. No, no. Um, it's it's okay. This record, it's a perfectly acceptable way. To spend, what is this, 47 minutes? 42 minutes. 42 minutes. So it's a perfectly acceptable way to spend 42 minutes relaxing and... Relaxing? Well, I think you can lie back and listen to this and let it wash over you. I think there are... I think it's possible to. <laughs> I think, yeah. Yeah, okay. No, go on. I think you need. I think you want to concentrate on what's going on. I don't think you need to... You know, you're not going to like fall asleep. You're not going to meditate to it or anything like that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, but I think you can lie back and go because it is. It is. It's very, very ambient, um, and it occasionally will. Wow. Sorry. I okay. I do, I don't agree. It's very, very ambient. Do you not? No. 
I mean, why not? Uh, well, if you compare it to like really ambient records like Stars of the Lid or something like that, this is yeah, not okay. an ambient record yeah, at all. I think this is... Even the other instrumental record we're going to do is well, far is... more ambient than yeah, this. Yeah, it is. But, um, well, okay, so maybe I, was, uh, then maybe I was expecting... Maybe it's due to the fact that I was expecting something else. Okay. Um, I don't think there's much in the way of um, traditional song structure No, in this. No. Not at all. Um, I think in that respect, it's maybe ambient's not quite the right word then, but certainly it's um, it's an album full of movements and moments as opposed to songs. I think that's definitely fair to say. It's not a record where I can pick out a particular song as a highlight. Yeah. I I it I really feel like I want to put it on and enjoy the whole thing and. It's not like, oh, this song's amazing and this is a highlight. And for, you know, there's advantages and disadvantages to that. The main advantage, I guess, is the quality feels on the same level throughout. And I, th- I think, I mean, I, I think this is a, a much better record than I feared. I think when I heard what they were doing and stuff, I thought, oh, I think they're going to release one of those 65 albums that I'm less bothered about I'm, I'm interested in everything they do but i thought it would be especially after wild light being so absolutely phenomenal mm. um i did i mean i think the thing is that you kind of touched on it there is that it does feel like one continual piece with no real highs and no real lows mm. and it sort of floats along and it moves along and occasionally something will jump out at you mm-hmm. but it's not really there long enough for you to grasp onto grasp onto so you just have to sort of go with whatever's going on you just have to it's not an album that you can kind of tap your foot along to by memory or like you say pick out any bits from it and that i found i mean particularly when i was so keen on the ties from nebula album last week yeah yeah. which to me had peaks and troughs and highs and lows and emotion yeah. and and this felt quite sterile by comparison i thought hmm. yes i understand yeah i understand what you mean yeah although at the same time i mean you know apologies for keep on reading from the press release i know that's your favorite thing <laughs> but at the same time i think that it has all of these things in it as well so it says it's 42 minutes of dread which i think is why i was a bit like oh ambient um, a record that stares head on into the abyssal futures of late capitalism and refuses to blink. A melancholic, tireless soundtrack of acceleration. A feeling of frayed, nerved, time smudged, light speed drifting through cities built upon cities. Neon seen through rain riddled window panes. Replica 2019 is a stark, angular, stripped back slab of focused noise. It wastes no time because there is no time left to waste. All of which I also think is true, um, yeah. but does seem to sort of slightly contradict what you're saying about it being ambient and things like that. I mean, it, well, it's quite an apocalyptic record in a lot of ways. I yeah. Think. Maybe I've just got a, um, <laughs> maybe I've just got more of a stomach for that sort of stuff. There are, maybe. I mean, there are, there are a couple of records. I mean, it never feels as like, I mean, new model by Perturbator, if you're watching on the YouTube channel sits behind us. Yeah. That to me really feels like apocalyptic dread. That yeah, is, that yeah, is an yeah, electronic yeah. record, which sounds like Terminator. This to me is a record which sounds like nothingness almost. It sounds like it's more it's more gravity than Terminator. Oh, well, yeah. I, which is I, nothing I, wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think, you know, the difference between 
hammering people with like the apocalypse is upon us and going you are fucked in the middle of nowhere and you've got kind of nothing to grab onto just sort of flailing around yeah so yeah it's not a re- it's not a relaxing album but i think yeah maybe ambient wasn't the right word but mm. certainly like if it, it does feel like you are sort of being swept along in space with literally nothing to grab onto yeah i think the references that i was getting listening to it were more kind of philip k dick based i don't think i think gravity is quite good actually but um so i mean i guess blade runner is the obvious one so but also kind of like minority report and a scanner darkly something where you can't where a lot of it is kind of inspired by psychological ideas and um free thinking and all the all the sort of LSD experiments that Philip K. Dick did a lot of, and it's very kind of esoteric sci-fi, I suppose. Um, yeah, I think it. I, I, whereas Perturbator, yeah, it's yeah. Terminator. I yeah. would have liked the dread to be turned up a little more. To okay. be honest. Yeah, I think that's the thing is that I do think it's it's much more, especially now I know that it's much more subtle dread mm. than the dread that i would associate with when you say blade runner mm, mm. yeah yeah i don't think this album is 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 bad or unenjoyable but i do think that particularly over the last few months we've heard a lot of very very good examples of electronic that kind of meld of and, and i understand that 65 days of static would be a huge influence on a lot of those bands but I think we yeah, said it about... and and I will say at their best they are one of the best. But I wouldn't say this is their best. Right. So. Okay. Yeah. But I just feel like these ideas have been explored for me in a far more interesting way by a lot of the other bands of mm. this ilk that we have been talking about. This Fair year. enough. So Teeth of the Sea would obviously be yeah. kind of the 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 they're the the gold standard mm-hmm. for me for mm-hmm. this at the moment. And then uh, Titan Nebula speaking about them last week having now gone way in on um three trap tigers as well oh yeah yeah excellent uh i think they're fucking great and i yeah. think they do you know what they do obviously is very different to this yes but you certainly you no one would ever call type uh three trap tigers ambient no no, no 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 not at all not at all but i do think that you know like there are ideas on this that feel like a band that have been around for since 2004 and mm. have kind of been usurped that's interesting because I, one of the things that impressed me the most with this record and impresses me with 65 Days generally is I think so many bands who do that um, rock electronica hybrid and actually there's there's very little rock on this well, record. I was about to say, there's practically no rock on yeah, this at all. Yeah, there's, I mean, apparently there are guitars on it, but I think every single guitar on it has been, um, uh, you know, effects Flamed. pedaled to, to, to fuckery. Um one thing I admire about 65 days. I mean, if you go back to the fall of math from 2004, a lot of that record should have dated much, much worse than it has. Mm -hmm. Um, The majority of it still stands up really, really well. There's a couple of moments on it, but you know, they did the 10th anniversary for it um, five years ago and uh, did the album in full and all that kind of stuff and re-released it. And my main I kind of preferred it more 10 years on than I did at the time, I think. Um, And that's something that I really admire about 65 Days generally is that they're very good at uh, dealing in a form of music which tends to date very quickly. Pitch shifter, love you guys, but, you know, (laughs) come on. Um, But most of their stuff doesn't. And I think that is a hell of a 
thing to pull off. Necess- well, hey, look, I haven't heard that record, yeah, so yeah. I can't really talk to you about it in, in that respect. But I don't think this sounds dated. I no. just feel like I don't think it actually sounds dated because I don't think this stuff. I think it's a very clever way to do it. When you reference stuff like Philip K. Dick and you're talking about Minority Report, and you know, that is a type of sound, a type of sci-fi theme that that comes with its own set of sort of sounds and soundscapes. Yeah. So I think if you kind of are dealing in that, then it's going to sound a bit like that. And because, you know, although this form has existed for a very, very long time, we've never... What's interesting about that sci-fi thing is we've never caught up to the point where that sci-fi thing that they're going for has become our reality. Do you know what I mean? No. This is quite a kind of... This is not really a conversation about music, but it's quite hard to sort of go, well, you know, the stuff why Vangelis and stuff sounds futuristic is because the future that it predicts has never come to pass. Ergo, when you think of it, you are thinking of a future that 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 has not yet existed. Yeah. And that stops it from dating. And I think this, it doesn't sound dated because it sounds like somebody's idea of the future. And people's idea of the future hasn't really changed for decades. Not dramatically, no. Although I think there are subtle shifts. Um, yeah, maybe a bit. Smaller keys, in it? Like when you watch um, Running Man, they type stuff in on the like... <laughs> massive fucking like old school zx spectrum shall we fuck this off and just watch the running man <laughs> yeah i'd be well up for that actually um you lift <laughs> uh are you excited about the new terminator no not at all See, move on i wasn't but i just read a feature about it on the way here and now i'm quite excited why would it. you make an old looking robot ridiculous <laughs> Uh, are we going to make this robot that he's going to look we're going to make him look like a sort of 80 year old man why um anyway overall overall i I think because my expectations everything i was hearing about this record pointed towards it being not a record that i would dislike but a record in the 65 discography that would be less interesting to me than some of their other records and i suppose i'm so pleasantly surprised that i find it really interesting actually um that I, I, I do like it very, very much, whilst at the same time agreeing with a lot of what you say in terms of there aren't particular moments that you, you'd go to and go, well, that's a brilliant song. That's a fantastic... You know, I like... I do. I would love to see... I do want to see some of this stuff live, although the only other thing is some... 65 Days of Static are... are you know, one of the the most changeable live bands I've ever seen live because sometimes they're absolutely fucking amazing and sometimes it's just a bunch of people on laptops. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've seen 65 Days shows which have been earth-shatteringly incredible and I've seen some which have been really fucking boring, to be honest. And I suppose the concern for me with this material is like, how much of is it, is it going to be them behind laptops? That said, I do still want to see it. Um, yeah, maybe I mean, sat down. I- I guess maybe, yeah, yeah <laughs> fucking hell, let down. Do South um, Bank Centre, guys, something like that, that'd be good. Um, well, see, my thing, I think, might be when you hear, oh my God, oh my God, this band, oh my God, they're a cold yeah, band, they're incredible, sure. incredible, incredible, and you get this, you do go, mm, this is my first real kind of dive into a 65 Days of Static album, and I don't really get the cult appeal 
on the basis on of the basis this, of this record. That's, Although uh, that's I'm not going to say they're not good or they don't deserve that because I don't know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, but anyway, um, it's it's pretty. It's it's got its place in the world. These sort of records, uh, and yeah, I, I'm you know I should definitely go back and immerse myself in them more. And if you're saying will, this is good, then you know I think this is good. It's not my favorite. It's not my least favorite. It would sit. It's hard with 65 Days because, as I say, all of the records are totally different. I mean, I could, I'm could i very tempted to give you Wild Light, actually, for trade-off um, maybe next week. But, like... Not that we're not talking about him again. Yeah. <laughs> all okay, right. Give it some bloody... <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, but, you know, they do, like, their stuff... Every album's different, but but very much them. Which Imagine is... if I gave you the first Dinosaur Pilot album the week after we'd reviewed the that one You'd be I, I would have been delighted <laughs> anyway it's called maybe do that it's called replica 2019 by 65 dead stack it is out now let's move on to our next album uh it comes from carbomb the album is called mordial it's the fourth album from the tech metal underground heroes the follow-up to 2016's meta which was the first time i became aware of this band really on meta <laughs> Uh, yes. Or the, I, certainly, I think I'm not alone in that. Uh, gave them a bit of a push, didn't it? They suddenly were on tour with yeah. Gojira and uh, and Code Orange, which is, yeah. was a um, great tour. Actually, as a matter of fact, uh, Greg, who was on the show um, for our Art Tangent panel uh, yeah. not too long ago, um, go and check that out if you haven't already, he did say that the writing of this album was very influenced by being on the road with Gojira Uh uh, two and a half years ago and he said whatever voodoo they had going on during that run had a tremendous effect on me mm. and at first when you listen to this you might be like what does Carbon have to do with Gojira but I think the key thing on this album is they are both extreme forms of music that have managed to unconventionally write hooks um, that is very well observed hello um and uh, Carbomb are one of those bands who I have always admired and, always, you know, kind of taking one of the few bands who have sort of taken the Meshuggah template and actually attempted to do something a little bit different with it. Yeah, kind of Meshuggah if they were fun. <laughs> okay. If they were fun and they wanted to write songs. <laughs> Yeah. As opposed to just beat you around the head. Constantly. And it, it feels like like Meshuggah were just so ahead of the game for so long. It felt like that in terms of taking an extreme form of music and trying to push it uh, forwards, it felt like people were just flailing around for years and years and years because yep. it's just like, Meshuggah have just fucking... You can't, you know. Yeah. There's, a, there's an entire world of bands that exists because of Meshuggah. Yes. And all of them. There's festivals that exist yeah. because of Meshuggah. I mean, I'm, I'm going to Euroblast in a few days' yeah. time, and there is an argument to be said that Euroblast wouldn't exist without Meshuggah. I don't know if that's no. true or not, and, but, you know. And, you know, and none of those bands yeah. are even 50% as good as Meshuggah. Uh, yeah. Pretty much, right? Even the best ones. The yeah. very, very best ones. And there are some great ones. But I think even, I mean, I don't know if you count Tesseract and all that, but even peri- like we were very, very complimentary about the last Periphery album. And Periphery great. are a great band, right? Yeah. They're a really good band. But, you know, if you put them next to Meshuggah, fuck me. 
they don't come off very well, mm. you know, mm. yeah, and fair. they're good. I mean, it's just Meshuggah are special. Yeah. So. Um, but it does feel like we're starting to get yeah. maybe in the last two, three. Frontera? Well, I think Frontier shout. I think Carbomb, I think. That's it. I was going to say, I mean, they're no longer around anymore. I think Tony Dan's attempts at extravaganza w- were completely underrated when they were around, mm-hmm. to be totally honest. Um, uh, I feel like there's one more, but I can't think of it at the moment. But yeah. Bear. Bear? Yeah. Do you remember Bear? The, like the Dutch? No. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. Um, they weren't that good. But it does feel like Carbomb have always taken the Meshuga template and tried to push it onwards. And I've always admired the manner in which they've done it, but it's never been um, entirely listenable. Meta was an album that I really, really admired. And I remember being incredibly excited about seeing them live because I was like, I want to see this live. And I've seen Carbomb live a number of times now. I'm going to see them uh, at Euroblast. And uh, fuck me, they're brilliant live. Um, They don't play to a click, um, which I think it is fucking insane that they don't play to a click. And actually, one of the things that I think is actually genuinely quite revolutionary about them is they have this really weird free tempo lurching quality where the tempo is constantly shifting. Mm -hmm. And that is something that is actually remarkably different um, from Carbomb to Meshuggah. Meshuggah... I know they hate this being said about them, but they are constantly compared to a machine or a robot or like a, a very kind of like precise. And it, and it, it's usually used as a compliment in with regards to Meshuggah. Yeah. Um, I understand why they don't like it, but, but it is meant as a compliment. But Carbom, um, the tempo's just very organically move around in this almost psychic manner it's I pretty think it incredible sounds like you get a mashuga tape and you just fucking fuck with the timing of it and it just it, it, it's like mashuga will batter the shit out of you and make you feel like you're 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 like going to just collapse this gives me like like motion sickness yes yes um, absolutely should we just Spunky yeah, do you want to spunk it? Yeah, go on. This has got to be the best metal record of the year, isn't it? Yeah, it may well be. It's fucking amazing. Um, yeah, I think it is. It's up there. It's... I think in terms of a me- okay, so metal being like metal. Yeah. What we, like having just talked about download and yeah. the problems with metal and oh, da, 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 da. I mean, this is the sort of shit that you just go. Somebody like it's being off these fucking boring like studded denim waistcoat bands yeah and get these bastards give them some production give them some money yeah Yeah. put them in front of a bunch of you know young excitable people people who get excited by grime and hip like you know i would be like people will be blown and they'd be just like what the fuck is this just just play them dissect yourself i mean dissect yourself was the first single and got a lot of people very excited myself included actually yeah how do they do that i have mentioned that on the podcast before actually um the manner in which greg makes his guitar sound like a laser pistol i've never heard that before but it's great neither right it's fucking amazing and you know what apparently it isn't i was asking their drummer about this it isn't 
pedals. It's like something to do with MIDI. I haven't got a fucking clue how he does it. No. But we are talking about people who are literally fucking around with the form and like creating things which don't exist in order to create the sounds that they want to make. Mm. We're talking about people who are literally <laughs> changing the game. Um, and and, and like you say, as well as that, that, that is impressive enough mm. to take my sugar and go, let's let's change the tone let's change the pace let's let's you know be the, the riffs on this oh, you know unbelievable. Um, it's not like Meshuggah would go yeah 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 but our riffs are still then you can not really mm. like they're fucking mm. just as good at mm. least just as good mm. and they're moving the time signatures around and mm. they're like like you say not it's not like the little little good good it's, it's fluid it's, it's like fl the yeah. fluidity of this record is mental and it's like liquid rather than yeah something and liquid. then you put on top of that how many michigan songs do you sing along to very very few mm. like the hooks on this XO, XO, yeah XO, like it's amazing like so many choruses on this album yeah, I, I mean, the, I, I will say all of the choruses are really uh, fleeting. Yeah, <laughs> all and of them are really and fleeting. Rough as hell. But although there's a few that aren't, there's bits where yeah, actually there are there's some clean singing in this. There's bit where there's bits where Mike sounds like Kirk Bain on this. You mm. know, um, what yeah, is that track? Yeah, well, it's like the third song. Vague there's, skies. Yeah, there's mm. this line which is just like that sounds like Kirk fucking Bain. Um, just the manner in and which then that kind of goes. He, there's a kind of sung bit and he kind of his voice goes uh down with the band going Aah. yeah it's like that song where everybody just sort of it feels like they just sort of melt in the middle of yeah. the song and yeah. then it's like bam, bam, yeah. bam, straight back in again yeah this album's is brilliant yeah it's it's unbelievable and i feel like it's the it feels like an evolution in heavy music it feels like the album that carbon have been threatening to make since they've been a band and actually Whilst this is only their fourth record, Carbob have actually been a band for a long time. So um, they've actually been sort of working behind this and working on what they're doing for a very, very, very long time. Um, and it just feels like Meta for me and actually all three of their previous albums all had moments which were extraordinarily impressive, but they never engaged me throughout. Yeah. But this album does. And I think it's down to those strange weird hooks which you you know you've got to listen to it a few times to kind of really get a hold of those hooks but once you've got them they are undeniable really and they are fucking huge mm. um you know it's not hooks like it's not twisted sister but no they're not bon jovi no <laughs> fucking hell no but like and uh, you know another thing i like I think there is something exciting going on with this band for people who know. Um, so at Art Tangent this year, the tent was so full, I couldn't get in. And actually, you know, I somewhat berated James. Hello, James. Apologies for this, but berated him for putting him on. They, they put, he put them on on the third uh, stage mm -hmm. um, out of four. And like Carbomb needed to be on the second or or main stage. Like they had, because it was just ridiculous. It was just spilling out of the tent. And they can do this live like properly they can do this live it sounds it pretty much sounds like the record um but they're actually doing it in front of your face and it's i mean they euroblast this year there's a bunch of bands i'm really excited to see but getting to see carbomb again and i've mm. seen them like three times this year 
I just want to see them again, especially now that I know this album. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I I I heard Meta and I was like, great, this is good. This is good in a kind of they're another band who are a bit like Gojira, a bit like Meshuggah. Obviously, we keep talking about Meshuggah, but they're another band who are from that kind of tech metal scene, but they seem to have a little bit of personality of their own. And again, like I would, I listened to it and I've not gone back to Meta. I kind of forgotten about Cut. Like, really, I'd kind of forgotten about them until this album came along. And I know like they're playing uh, like ATG and, I, and then I was like, oh yeah, Carbon. Oh yeah, that album was good. And they were really good when they supported um, uh, Gojira Gojira. as well. And I was like, great. Okay, well, that's cool. And then, I mean, I got sent the album um, through and then like the next day, Metal Hammer were like, can you review the album? And there is a little tiny bit <laughs> in, the, in the latest Hammer of me just going, ah, like 120 words, just going, oh my God. And I've been sitting on it since then, pretty much. I Honestly, this is like, not just a great record, but I am surprised that I, I thought they I, I got it and I was like oh cool this will be good. I'm sure this will be good and I expected it to be good and I kind of expected it to be a bit better than meta and I, I hoped it would be better than meta but to me this is a fucking massive leap this is a massive leap to me I mm, I I think meta at its best is of the same quality if I'm totally honest I just think it's of the same I think there's a lot of meta is up and down and di- like when i listen to any of their previous records well that's a step up then surely i i I'm, i don't disagree with you i'm just saying that that i think they've been capable of being this good before just not i don't think they've been capable of being this good for 47 minutes yeah because there's no dip in this record no there isn't any dip at all i think um like meta all of their other records i find really exhausting to listen to um because they're just all over the place this um isn't a passive listen at all um and i do feel like a little bit after listening to it but not not in a bad way whereas whereas if i'm honest meta does make me feel like just exhausted and like i I need to go for a lie down that's the thing with some of these bands is because it is like relentless so relentless so often i felt like meta was unbelievably relentless yeah. like constant yeah and i think that's what exhausts me about unless you are just making me go oh my god how like you know even like you know even the sugar albums are yeah fucking hard work yeah, yeah, yeah most of them yeah this, you know again like you say this is not a passive listen but because it changes so much because of the fluidity because they'll throw in a kind of a vocal hook here or because a riff will change you know and completely mold the song into something different mm. it never gets boring i mean yeah. i honestly i think this is as good as poor i'm trying to think of another album from that scene that's come out that 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 this is comparable to i'm kind of like i don't want to go like it's as good as obzin because i think that's a big fucking thing to say but i i think it's certainly as good as the last few but i think it's at least probably better than the last few couple of my sugar albums oh undoubtedly yeah i i like i it's not it's i don't even oh i've not even thought about it up against obson but actually i don't think it's a terrible shout 
you know, oh, like, I don't. It, it's it's. Um, I mean, Meshuggah have you know? I you know again again I saw Meshuggah at Art Tangent and they were fucking incredible. And don't get me wrong, they are an amazing amazing band. And if you've never seen them and you're interested in extreme heavy music, you have to go and see them. But um, Meshuggah haven't properly excited me since Obson probably. When did Obson come out? Two thousand nine. No, no, two thousand six. Two thousand. You know, it's been a long time since Meshuggah. Yeah. And I don't want to be like Meshuggah are just kind of. Um, Meshuggah have a template now, and it's a template that they created, and they they all will, always should have command respect, and they don't do quote unquote bad albums, but this is a band taking the template and moving it on and making it more interesting. I mean, I I don't think the Obson thing is a terrible shout at all. I think it's fucking outrageous, this record. Yeah. It, um, it, it, it really is. I mean, I know, again, <laughs> I think, um, uh, here she comes, Bonjour. Um, what's I, Bonjour think of it? Uh, How does she react when you put it on? Well, when I put metal, she actually quite, she quite likes metal, don't you, Boggies? Um, Bongi, look how cute she is. I mean, it's the best metal album of the year, but still, not as cute as Bonjour. Get off my notes, you um, fucking twat. Don't fucking talk to my cat like that. I'll fucking shag your ass. Um, wow, maybe not. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's it's proper brilliant. This record, yeah, um, unbelievable. Proper, proper the, brilliant. When they released those two singles, "Dissect Yourself" and uh, "Spirited Something or Other." Sprites, something's was right. Uh, yeah, it's, um, scattered sprites. Scattered sprites. I was, I did think to myself, if the whole album is this good, we are talking about an album of the year contender. And I'm very, very happy to report that the whole album is that good. Yeah, it's going to be up there. And I think you know, there's, it's not been a glory year in the world of metal. Let's be perfectly honest about it. You got employed to serve. I think Venom Prison's really good as well. I think the Rotten Christ album's fucking great. Um, and obviously the big ones that we mentioned before, but I think this is certainly a step up from, you know, your, your Slipknots and Corns and, you know, those kind of guys. And For my and money, the only metal album that can compete with it is Employed. I would tend to agree. Mm. Um, so anyway, there you go. Mordial by Carbomb is out. And if you like heavy music, this is your shit for sure. Trust us. Um, the next album we're going to talk about comes from Nervous. Uh, Nervous, of course, are the uh, UK political pop punkers. This is their third album. The follow-up to pop last punk. year's... Yep. Mm. Uh, the follow-up to last year's Everything Dies album, um, which was excellent, which is an excellent record. A uh, bit more straight ahead. See, I think it was kind of straight ahead, punky sounds, three-minute long bangers. As I'll opposed... just say alt punk. Alright, fine. I don't know about pop punk. They have a very melodic pop element punk. to them. But when but, but there is there are poppy melodies to it, but when you say pop punk, you think of a specific kind of thing. This is not You shouldn't. That's why I'm changing it. We're, we're taking we're taking pop punk back. Okay. If fucking Green Day if Green Day and Alkaline Tree and Bands that are pop punk. This is pop punk. Right. And they should fucking own it because so many like you've let rock you're not letting all them bloody rock sound you can't let rock sound just have pop punk go no we've got it now we've ruined it and fuck you we're taking it no there's allowed okay. to be good ones um i thought it was excellent uh, it's a bit more straight ahead the last one um uh I, permanent rainbow i just fucking 
think that album is brilliant. Permanent Rainbow is one of the so best debut albums of the last 10 years. It's yeah. fucking amazing. It's really, really wicked. Um, yeah. And M is a, a just a brilliant, brilliant songwriter. She's a machine as well. She write like the amount of material that, because obviously she's like a full-time member of Milk Teeth now. Yeah. And like, Busy B. Busy B. Busy B. Yeah. Busy BM. Um, one more team, one more team, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah. For those who listen to the... One uh, big team, innit? One big team, sorry. One big, one big team. team. One, one more team. team, I do apologise them. Um, uh, for those who listen to the Christmas uh, special. And for my money, just to talk... I, we don't often talk about people's personalities and stuff. For my money, M is one of just the nicest... I, I, she's, I think she's fucking lovely. Yeah, she's great. She's a fucking lovely, lovely person. Yeah. Really genuinely friendly and funny. And Very I know yeah. and the only reason I bring this up is because I know um her online persona is somewhat different to that. So if you follow Nervous Online, you probably know what I'm talking about. Um if you don't, then fucking don't worry about it. Uh but her on Go on. Somewhat confrontational. Slightly confrontational, yeah. And that's fine. She's obviously got a very strong belief system. And I think that's, again, to go back to what we were talking about slow tie earlier, I think that's really good. I don't necessarily always agree with every single thing that she says on Twitter. Um, but I like her as a person. And that's fine. Um, there's some things that actually, I mean, there's some things that she writes about on this record that I don't agree with. Go but on. then I let's, think let's she's dive perfect. into that then. What what exactly would that be? Uh -oh. Um it's funny someone private messaged me about this after seeing them at 2000 trees and there's a song called They Don't. Oh god, I knew you going to I knew this was going to be the one. I knew it. I knew you'd pick this one. I did honestly. I was like, I bet Renfrey doesn't approve of this. Go on. Oh. I really I like the song. I think I it's like great. The song's great yeah. I think the song's fantastic. Um, but it's kind of like a very kind of base um, look at uh, police brutality. brutality and the way they behave and the way they behave and the fact that they don't look after they're not looking after you. They're not out to they're not kind of um, it wouldn't be very punk rock to go oh, police are all right. No, Who's, no who no, wants no. to hear that fucking song? No, sure, 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 sure. And I suppose the the key thing here is, whilst I don't strictly agree, I think the thing is is that sentiment. Um, I think that's a legitimate sentiment to have. I think that's a legitimate question to be asked. I definitely think it's a legitimate question to be asked, especially mm. with the amount of um, footage that we've seen of shitty police brutality stuff. So I, there you I, go. I think I think it puts what is. <laughs> Let me finish my sentence. Okay. I think it. Um, pervades a kind of attitude that all police are scum which i think is um childish and p ridiculous i don't um i think that's fine i think if you're a punk band and you're writing a song you don't want to write no punk band wants to write a song going oh the police can be bad but not you know not not all of them are bad like some of them are actually right that's not a bloody no punk of course song. of course not you um, want to fuck the police don't you uh sure no yeah i like i just i just i just I think black flag would have written like <laughs> yeah police came and beat us up but i'm sure the ones in sort of smaller communities right i think it gives really the work. i, I think that. in nah. some cases it gives the wrong message to some people however i think em is perfectly within her rights to write about it if she mm -hmm. wants to and i don't think you know it doesn't 
kind of affect my enjoyment of the song at all. Yeah, um, I wish more people would do would be all right with stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I think I think it is. Yeah, it's not something that I would strictly one hundred percent agree with her, but it's mm. kind of the not I all seen, men in Hollywood. Are, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's kind of shit. It's kind of the. I think it was seeing it performed at Two Thousand Trees as well, where um, as she introduced the song, that wasn't kind of the sentiment behind it. Um, you know. What do you mean? Uh, was, I see. I don't want to misquote her or anyone involved, really. But there was this kind of feeling of all police are scum, and like. But this was a song that uh, I think it was brand new when they played it at 2000 Trees and like they wanted everyone to, the, the chorus is very sing-along and very easy to pick up. Mm-hmm. And so they sort of taught us the chorus part and they were just like, um, it was just th- the sense that I got from it was it was just more kind of like the, the whole police force is scum. fucking knock. <laughs> no, 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 no. People, but as I say, it wasn't just me. People, people, people private messaged me about it. And I, I didn't, you know, make anything of it because I didn't think there was anything to make of really. It's like, you know, front person has opinion on something big deal. Um, but, um, I understood some people kind of, uh, cause I, I didn't mention it in the 2000 trees review cause I didn't really think it was particularly worth mentioning. Mm. And some people were like, I think you kind of should have mentioned that. And I just sort of got back to them and was like, well, you know, I understand what you're saying, but, you know. Yeah, it's our job to do that, isn't it? <laughs> Fuck off. Um, I'm glad I deal with the inbox and not you, Steve. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, anyway, okay. <laughs> but the reason I brought this up, right, basically is because I, I, you know, the way I look at it is, is this, right? We're here to talk about the art of the artist put in front of us. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're here to talk about. And me personally, I don't want a mollycoddled, hidden, vague, like non-committal message from an artist who really, really believes something. Absolutely. Don't want it from Linguita Ignota, even Absolutely. though it scared the shit out of me. You know, I don't want it from Slow Tie. I don't want it from Nervous. Yep. I don't care if I agree or not. I don't care, right? Yep. I just want to know what that person... I want to know what that person believes, what that person thinks. And if they think something different to me, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. I don't, you know, I, you know, the whole thing about, oh, I got, God, I can listen to Kate Bush now. No, she doesn't live like, you know, we did that when we were talking about Kate Bush. Oh, she's not a Tory. I can listen to her again now. It's like, mm. you fucking mental. You can mm. anyway. Like, mm. What the fuck? But, yeah. To be clear, I, I am of the exact same opinion. Yeah. I think They Don't is a fucking great song. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't fully endorse the sentiment i endorse a lot of what it is saying i do i I endorse a lot of what it is saying but but just just because i don't fully endorse the sentiment doesn't mean that i can't enjoy the song i'm i guess you know yeah i think maybe some people do that i get i'm i'm lucky right do you know what i mean i'm lucky i'm a sort of white man a middle class white man i know i'm lucky and i'm lucky as well i don't care about anyone apart from myself (laughs) i literally i don't care about society don't care about anyone else so i'm just happy to listen to what anyone else's opinion about stuff is because it's not going to affect my opinion i don't care don't care about anyone else but myself um i'm just really really selfish and you know what 
that's not against the law. I'm allowed to feel like that. That's true. All right. <laughs> you can say, you dick or whatever. It's like, yeah, all right, if you like. But what are you going to do? You're going to call the police. What are you going to do? Because they don't keep you safe, do they? Um, wait. Uh, yeah, but the, that's it, man. I, and, and I really, I guess the point that I've been kind of building up to is this album, it has got a lot of very, 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 very strong opinions on it. Absolutely. And whether you agree with them or not, I agree with a lot of them, actually. Yeah. Whether you clear. agree with them or not, the point is, is it makes this record far better than it would be without. I absolutely agree. Like, far better. And this album is, you know, we, you know, we reviewed Blink-182 last week. Great record. <laughs> <laughs> and that is a meaningless mush of nothing. Even if you take out of consideration the John Feldman production and the bloody bloody blah, blah, blah and Mark Hoppus's annoying vocal melodies and all that other stuff that we moaned about. I listen to that and I go, what's this what's this about? Who cares? They're about not nothing. really saying They're not anything. Saying anything. Right. Now this is a this is a uh, this is a poppy punk record. It's, it's a, got yeah. melodies all over the place. It is bouncy. It is fun. Yeah. It the is, piano is fucking amazing. Piano it's got choruses. Shout out to Paul. It's got choruses just shocked from minute from, yeah. from zero zero one yeah. to fucking all the way through yeah every single solitary second of this record is like sucker onto your brain it's fucking great yeah. but uh, all of it feels driven by proper passion for yes. something this right i have come out that th this is an a, this is a fucking master class in writing this type of stuff I agree. An absolute masterclass in writing this sort of stuff. Yeah. I love Permanent Rainbow. I think it's amazing. It's really yep. heartfelt and brilliant. I thought the last one was great as well. Had some really good songs in it. But this is a completely different thing. This is, like, again, do you think this is their best it? album? Um, I mean, I really, really love Permanent Rainbow. So yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure. For me, Permanent Rainbow is the one to beat. Yeah, but but I think this it's completely different to Permanent Rainbow. It is. It's yeah. completely different. It's far more outward looking and social political as you're but getting musically at. musically as well. But Permanent Rainbow it's... was far more um, inward. Uh, musically, yes. Um, well, you, you have to recall... Sorry, am I interrupting? No, no, go on. I've talked about it for long enough. <laughs> you have to remember that both um, Permanent Rainbow and Everything Dies, Everything dies. Um, were sort of self-recorded they're, they're basically bedroom recordings mm -hmm. those albums um the slight difference with this one is they actually nervous went down to the ranch in southampton very well-known studio um and recorded with neil kennedy i want to say um on, say recorded with neil kennedy right, i was just good. double checking my notes yeah. i was like is it neil is it niall it's neil um, nigel kennedy <laughs> there, and the, consequently i think the record's I think it's a minor difference. I think it's a subtle difference, to be honest. But these songs do sound just a bit bigger. This uh, is what you want, mate. Like, yeah. again, to go back to the Blink record, like, that kind of fucking mush, pointless, stupid, thicky mush that, the, that, that millions of people lap up. And this record will probably do not a lot, right? It will be a cool, cult underground record. No, it will. Well, I, I, I only because like that's nothing to say about the band. That's my lack of fucking faith in the world, to be honest. And it's too much. There's too much. There's too many opinions on it. Mm. So people will be like, "Wow, that's too much." And, and you know, and M is fucking gonna be hard work if you're a PR for her. 
you got a job on your hands to like, you know, and, yeah. and you, you wanted <laughs> to shut some up. Conversations if, if I was her PR, I'd be like, fucking do it all. Mug off Kerrang Rocks. Do the, just go full blood. She's a rock. She, like she, like in a nice, she is like, when we talk about personalities, yeah. she's, uh, she's a rock star. Yeah. And she's written songs that like, this should be a multi-platinum selling massive fucking record. Do you know what it really reminds me of? Um, maybe not even in, style so much but maybe in that sense of the songs sound really um carefree and happy and melodic and sing along and yet the stuff that is being sung about is actually quite um dark in a lot of senses pop uh sure mm-hmm. um it, weezer yeah i mean you know we, we're at a stage now for me nervous is and, and, and it's, it feels like the wrong way to say it but for me nervous is quote unquote worst record is everything dies yeah everything dies is a certified minimum Banger. minimum eight out of ten mm. great record um and we're talking about a band who are three for three here um like the, the you know just to spunk it now this this is my second favorite nervous record it's very closely behind permanent rainbow for my money I, I would almost argue that this probably is their best record. It's just my sort of connection to Permanent Rainbow. And yeah, yeah I, I no, love no, that, I, that, that so of, much. That's sort of how I feel about it. Yeah. I mean, I think objectively, I think objectively this is, this is a better album. Done. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's just, I, I really feel like they should be massive. I'd I really feel like be. on the strength of this, if, mm. if there was any justice in the world at all, then this would be a big, big, big record because it's undeniable and it's not one pace like sometimes you get these records and every song is a similar sort of song and just they're just really really good at writing songs you know when you think the difference between like burn Mm. and and flies that kind Mm. of i mean the way the album opens with flies and that and that's such a good song clapped sort of sing-along part at the end yeah and then it sounds it sounds really maniacal at the end of it it sounds like they've all just got you know drunk in the studio and just yeah. basically i mean i don't don't know if that was what i don't think it's it was not, you don't but, uh, that's not sort of behavior that you approve of at all those that remember you say uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then you get to burn by the end which is this amazing kind of folky acoustic song you've got i mean yeah. you know well, where do you go as well I, the I way it ends and then is, stuff like i can't dance like yeah which is which you know feels like a very personal and sort of quite beautiful song and mm. um and shows a more sensitive side to them on the record that is not sort of there for the entirety of it this album's fucking brilliant yes yeah, this album amazing. is like there's there's been a few this it's been i tell you what has been a good year for catchy poppy rock music yeah right That's now true. i've already obviously spoken about dinosaur pile up album a lot um, the Wild Arts album is mm-hmm. fucking fantastic. Um, We've already mentioned it, but Pup, I think. Pup. I, yeah, I was about to say Pup would be another one, which I think is brilliant. I think this is... And Blink-182. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> um, I think this is possibly the the best one. I don't know if it's my favourite, but I think it's possibly the best one. It's the most accomplished one. It's the most um, multifaceted one. Mm-hmm. It's fucking great. I mean, it's 35 minutes. It goes by in a flash. Uh, oh, 
Um, I think the only thing contesting it, I think that pup record is really something special, but it's definitely right up there. Mm. Um, and um, it's kind of sad to think that Nervous, uh, probably at this stage, won't even get sort of pup levels. Of, I mean, they fucking should do. Well, hey, I guess we're just being cynical fucks, aren't we? And saying like, it's not like us to be like. No, I guess we're just being like super cynical about it. But yeah, I mean, I've kind of, I think it will be tough. I think it will be quite tough for them just because of the climate in which they exist. Mm. For no other reason. I, to be perfectly clear about this, I wouldn't change a thing about Nervous. I wouldn't change a thing about M or the way she conducts herself. Mm. I wouldn't change a single thing about it. And that's as someone who occasionally reads a tweet of hers and goes, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? I wouldn't. But I'd yeah. still read it and go, okay, fine. Yeah. Yeah, like you you got to do you and yeah i think she's great and i think this album is really great i think the key thing with that though is uh, like there are a lot of people in the industry who would want to change m and i think i think it's beautiful that she will not i know i know and i would love i I would love to see her and this band get the reward for Uh, doing that so would i what rock music lacks is sort of uh, you know it's, i'm going off on one a bit but what it sort of seems to lack at the moment is voices that element of just like i don't really know what these people are going to do or what mm. the hell is going to happen and we can all laugh at you know we always used to go you know again you you love axel rose but then you go oh, do you know what i mean yeah, a lot and, i'd go uh, axel rose yeah, quite a, a lot, lot. yeah you yeah. do it at kurt cobain you probably yeah. do it at marilyn manson a lot but You'd rather have them than not, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Certainly more than the fucking dude from Yumi at Six or whatever. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So, and I think Em is cut from that cloth. She probably hate would will hate to hear it. But I think she is one of those people who's like a fucking proper punk rock troubadour. It's mm. great. We should, get back on. We, should great. Get, we should get back on the show, shouldn't we? Well, I'd love her to come on the show. She's yeah. always, always, always welcome to come on the show. Yeah, I don't, always, even, yeah. I don't, I don't think she listens to this. Don't I've been, I've, I've been talking behind the scenes. We'll, we'll, sure we'll get on soon. All right, good. Well, I'm glad I was part of that conversation. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, nervous, tough crowd is out now. It's really, it's really, fucking really great. fucking great. And we please. implore everyone to listen yeah, to please. not just this record, but every single record nervous has put out like because Christmas number one. Yeah, <laughs> they, they won't keep you safe. Well, <laughs> they, would love they, that. they have consistently, I mean, they're only, that's this, this the other thing. They're only three or four years old and they've released three records. Like they're really shitting them out. And really yeah. they should have done a bad Something one. bad. Yeah. yeah. And they haven't really. Um, Not even really. There's no really about it. No, they haven't full stop. And, and they haven't written a bad song. There's not a bad song in their entire back catalogue. No. And they three have albums. 30 now or 31 or 32. And you know, yeah they've got two hand they're getting to the stage now that when i go and see them live they will neglect to play songs that i really want to see um and that's quite exciting um but i don't want to keep seeing them live at, at you know pubs i want to see them at academy venues Brixton or something academy. Like that. that'd be nice not even necessarily headlining like some sort of supporting some little so can you imagine popping can you imagine weasel band popping nervous together that'd be fucking be incredible yeah Anyway, let's move on um, because we've been going a long time. Uh, the next album comes from Odorang. It's called Hypermetros. 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 Yeah, that's it. It's the fifth album from the Finnish 
sound sculptures, mm. as they are described online. Renfrey, Hello. Uh, you gave me this mm -hmm. and you said this will be a good thing to put in because it will be different to everything else that we're doing this week. And That's not inaccurate. And it is. <laughs> oh, we're already getting a sense of where you're going with this. Um, Odorang first came to my attention with their last album, Agatha, which came out in 2016. Uh, a PR sent it to me and said, this is a bit of you. I listened to it. I went, yes, it fucking is. I love it. Um, instrumentals. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, uh, I'm a bit uh, reluctant to call them post-rock because I actually think it's more of an interesting sort of jazz neoclassical jazz yeah. post-rock hybrid. Um, they are actually on a jazz label called Edition. Mm -hmm. um, although even jazz, more... There are undoubtedly elements of jazz, but you wouldn't just call them a jazz band, would you? No. Um, it just sounds like a Hovis advert to me. <laughs> sounds like... That's nice. Sounds like Last of Summer Wine, this. <laughs> um, I think I was particularly impressed with them, with Agatha and their previous record as well in cinema, because um, something that we talk about with instrumental bands on the show is how difficult it is for them to stand out and for them for, for, for you to listen to an instrumental band and go, oh, well, that's Odorang yeah. or that's Mogwai or that's Cigarose or whatever. Um, but I think Odorang do manage to do that because of their hybrid mix of guitar-based drums since cello and trombone. It's quite a different, unusual mix. That that are, Those are the six primary instruments yes. in what's going on yes. here. Yeah, uh, do you agree that do you agree that they sound different? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Reluctant agreement. Well, they but... do sound they sound different to oh, I'll be honest. They sound different to the sort of thing that I want to listen to. Um uh, <laughs> if I'm being perfectly frank okay. about it. Um oh dear. I don't really like this rim for, and it's not, not even at like, all. It's not even that I don't like it. Because I can appreciate... No, no, it is... No, that's exactly what it is. It is that I don't like it. <laughs> I can appreciate um, what what this is. Um, and it's very... It's very... It's not odd. Like, when I say how oh, it's odd, like, when we talk about the Onda, when you brought that... The Jambanai. Korean, yeah, Jambanai. Um, when you brought that in. I mean, mm. that is odd. Mm -hmm. and But it's very, very exciting. Mm. I, I didn't get any kind of level of excitement to the, from this. I wasn't interested in it after about kind of four or five songs um i could see that you know what they're doing is a fairly unusual unique thing to be doing but for me it was just it was i i couldn't get there was you know i spoke earlier about not being able to get my teeth into the 65 days of static album even more so on this, like mm. even though I feel like there probably is more to get your teeth into in a lot of ways in in terms of stuff that jumps out at you. Because mm. nothing jumps out at you on the 65 Days of Static album. No. You have to go in and find it yourself. Yeah. Whereas there are parts on this that do jump out yep. at you. <sighs> but I struggled with it. Okay. I um, like, you know, I've... I do listen to much more since I've been doing this particularly. And since I found, I think having found instrumental music that I genuinely like since we've been, you know, in the last sort of 18 months or whatever, a lot of it where it was a kind of, I was very particular about the type of 
instrumental stuff that I would listen to. Um, I found myself finding exactly what bits I like and what bits I don't like. And this, for me, does lean a little bit far too much towards sort of folk, um, not folksy, but sort of floatier, um, just odder, just... But just bored. It's a bit. I was a bit bored by it. I was mm. a bit bored by it. Well, this is far. More, I mean, you calling sixty-five days an ambient record? I thought was. Um, yeah. You know, it, uh, this this is an ambient record. You know, ambience is definitely part of it. Um, I mean, you could compare it. You could compare it to the likes of Cigaros, Olafur Arnolds, who. Yeah, the, you know, the Olafur Arnolds album, I, I I like. Yeah, I still think is probably the best thing that's come out in this field. Mm. Uh, since we've been a band, since we've been a band, <laughs> <laughs> that'll be an interesting one. Um, We'd be a great band. I also think it sounds a lot like Boards of Canada, who you do talk about quite a bit. I like and, Boards and of I, Canada, and I, and I, which is maybe why I've had more hopes that you might. Yeah, I it. mean, Boards of Canada. Mm, I don't really think it sounds like Boards of Canada. Uh, do you not? Okay, I thought there was a bit of Boards of Canada in it. I can see why you would say that, but I think that you know, there's. Balls of Canada break shit down a lot more than than these mm. guys do. Mm. They mm. hit you kind of a bit hard, not even harder, but they hit you in more from more. They hit you from more angles. I think Balls of Canada. But then they are yes, very ambient. Yeah, like at their you know not all not everything they've done, but a lot of stuff that they've done uh, is yeah is incredibly ambient. I think, I mean, I will say this much. I think, I personally think Odorang are a great band and really unusual. Um, they have five records and I've only heard three of them. This is my least favourite of the Odorang records I've heard. And I think the reason for that is because the um, the palette that they're taking... I, 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 was, I, I put it on. I was quite excited about listening to this because I, I really loved their last record, Agatha. I thought it was fucking great and i would recommend anyone check out agatha or in cinema both those records are brilliant yeah really expansive really cinematic and have far more kind of peaks and troughs in terms of dynamics in my opinion and this one felt a little bit more middle ground not unenjoyable at all and i have listened to it a fair few times and certainly it's a lovely record to wake up to oh first cup of coffee in the morning yum 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 but uh, I do, and and Bit it's of still brandy in that coffee, isn't it? Yep, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You see me wake up. Yeah. Um, no, I haven't. Uh, <laughs> I tell people that. <laughs> I never see you wake up. That makes it seem like a we've slept in a bed together, and b I wake up first and sort of lean over, leer over you. Do you, do you think anyone thinks we're like the Bert and Ernie kind of thing? Yeah, Morgan Wise. <laughs> <laughs> going to bed in pajamas like no 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 <laughs> just turning off the light um uh yeah but i i mean i do i still like this album i think it is a good album but i do understand everything you're saying and I, that's fair enough i can't really argue with it and and as i say it's my least favorite of the Odorang records that I have heard. But I don't think there are things that I think are really interesting about them just in terms of, you know, as I say, I do think they are kind of uniquely them, which is difficult to achieve, especially with instrumental music. I also think they don't fall into that quiet, loud, quiet trap that a lot of these bands do. The manner in which they build is 
more through adding layers as opposed to volume, which I just think is more interesting than the quiet, loud, quiet thing, as much mm -hmm. as I like that. Um, and yeah, I wanted to bring them in because I do think they're a great band. I just think this is my least favourite record of theirs. I still quite like it. Yeah. I still think it's nice, but it is, it's a nice record as opposed to a great record, whereas I thought Agatha was a great record. Okay. Well, I might so, have that, but you know. Yeah. I think we've binned off Body Hound and the number 12 looks like you for this. Well, number 12 would have been very similar to what we're about to do in Car Bomb. Yeah. And Body Hound is so complex. Although we'll do that. Oh, well, we yeah. can try and do those next week. Anyway, that's Odoran. <laughs> Hypermetros. Uh, and Looks like I'm going to have to apologise to Steve after the. No, game. no, no, no. <laughs> Don't worry about me. It's definitely it's the most different thing. Yeah, it definitely. I'm is. trying to it's I'm fair. trying to give an eclectic yeah. range of records. Yeah, no, no, that's Sorry. fair. That's fair. They can't all be good, can they? <laughs> um, Gift from God, approximation of a human, is where we're going to end our reviews this week. This is the debut album from the Richmond, Virginia-based hardcore grinders. Richmond, Virginia is where Lamb of God came from. It is. So great pedigree there. Uh, you might know Gift from God from them being the other band on the Split uh, EP that brought Vane to the world's attention. Um, we didn't really speak about Gift from God when that EP came out. It was mostly people just going, oh my God, have you heard Vane? Yeah, I totally, I mean, I think I listened to the whole thing once and then went, oh my God, Vane, oh my God, Vane, oh my God, Vane. Yeah. Um, Weird, isn't it? Have you um, gone back to the Vane split? No, I haven't. I did. And because um, after hearing this, I was like, oh, did I? Listen did to I? Did band? we muck up? Yeah, there. Um, and actually, no, I don't think we did. I think... Um, bit spunking it slightly here but i think there's been a massive mass i don't know what's happened in the interim but i think there's been a massive uh jump up in quality mm. um they released a few things like there were a couple of eps and stuff there was a i wasn't going to pick you up on it because i can't be fucked but there, there's like an eight track ep yeah. i was like is that an ep is that an album it's an e an EP. at this length it's an ep yeah 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 we should actually say that this 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 album approximation of a human is 27 minutes long very, 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 very quick um uh, and yeah i went back to their older material just to be like have we missed something um no the older stuff's fine <laughs> this on the other hand is uh great shit fucking brilliant this yeah is awesome so we spoke about sea space cowboy last week we were going to do yeah. re again re renounces out this week as well Go and listen to that. That's another really, really, really good album. We just run out of time, so we couldn't do it, unfortunately. But the Renounced album is more of that kind of old school metalcore in the same way that we're talking about Poison the Well yeah. and Hopes Form Band like that on Sea Space Cowboy. We, di we did actually mention last week that this week is fucking, fucking incredible if you love really ballistic, chaotic, yeah. heavy music. And with Sea Space Cowboy, Gift from God and Car Bomb mm. all coming out on the same day, that's like that's like never mind and blood sugar sex magic and fucking yeah. black album i mean they those didn't come out on the same day but Screaming they came, did. there you go you know that that is it's just it's like yeah for a far smaller scene but still it's fuck it's just like what i don't know what to tell to you to listen to first <sighs> but what i am going to tell just you just listen to all three at the same time Oh, God. <laughs> imagine? imagine just people's eyes just on fire, <laughs> their brains sort of melting out of their cheeks. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. Their ears screaming. 
yeah. ears grow in a mouth so they can go, help! <laughs> um, <laughs> this album is wicked. Yeah, it's fucking it's great. Absolutely wicked. And again, like what a what a, what an amazing like you say week for very very challenging, difficult, technical, heavy, abrasive, nasty music. Um, Twenty seven minutes. It goes by so quickly. Yeah. Uh, the last really track, does. which is you know um, a minute or so, is not even really a proper song. Is it? It's just a load of noise. Um, it really is the first track, really. Yeah, but, yeah. So really, this is like a ten-track album. Um, but it's called Forty Thousand Jobs for a Cowboy and Counting," which gives some idea as to I think how Gift from God feel about the the scene surrounding them. Um, and what they've done is, as rather than taking inspiration from Botch or uh, sorry from Poison the Well or um, sort of bands we were talking about last week, they've gone full Botch. They've gone full kind of early Converge. Uh, it's it's just a savage record yeah we i've we had this discussion about sort of heaviness in music and this is totally different type of heaviness but since um that lingua ignota record came out Mm. um it's kind of been difficult to listen to anything and feel like it's heavy yeah quote unquote traditional heavy bands and be like well is this really heavy i mean it kind of, I kind of started getting that feeling back with the Cult of Luna record, but Gift from God just stamped it and went, "Oh yeah, this is what heavy music does to me." I forgot. Um, it's so. I mean, the first couple of times I heard it, I was just like, <laughs> "Like yeah. it's very um, difficult to get a grasp on." There's an awful lot of ideas being thrown at the wall with this record, mm-hmm. and really a lot of them shouldn't stick and yet somehow they all manage to stick somehow yeah um it's so chaotic and so there doesn't seem to be i mean i mean put trying to define this album and put it into sort of genre borders is a a thankless task it's a total waste of time um i guess it's code orange-esque in the sense that it's bringing new elements to heavy music that you probably haven't heard before and things that are unexpected and, and unusual and so do, so on and so forth. It's far heavier than Code Orange, isn't it? Well, it's, it's wild. And again, you know, they've gone for that very kind of lo-fi, gruff Fuck production. Yeah. I think yeah. it's got bits of grindcore in there. Yeah. I think, you know, particularly... Um, that's no if you're watching on youtube that is not a coincidence that that is there today that that record that's um human 2.0 by norsem which i always kind of compare norsem as helmet playing grindcore because the riffs are thick as fuck like you know when you listen to kind of the earlier grindcore bands you know from kind of napalm up to you know i guess when scott harland pig destroyer and all those guys started Mm. coming in and actually changing it a bit like I, I, you know, I, they're a band who brought in hardcore-esque thickness to grindcore. And I think Gift from God have that, like mm. the pace of it. But then it's not really typical grindcore because it stops and it thumps and it slows down. And then it goes in various other directions. It actually has a sim. The similarities between this and the Carbon record are kind of um tempo changes but whereas mm. uh the carbon record is more fluid as you said this is, this like is more breaks, isn't it like yeah hitting the red button yeah and this, then yeah, sharp this is, left yeah this yeah 
this is crash test dummies mm. smack into a wall kind of uh abrasive kind of I, I mean initially really alienating to be totally honest yeah. with you not I, I, the first couple of times i heard this record <laughs> maybe to you i was like yeah <laughs> it's like me going down a water slide <laughs> like when I was a four, little four-year-old Stephen hill in his in his uh swimming trunks going to the pyramids in portsmouth going in, in the wave machine going yeah that is me as soon as i put it on i was like yes this is um, the thing that i like when i when I say alienating, that probably sounds too harsh uh, in terms of my initial reaction to the record. Because my initial reaction really was just like, I don't even... <laughs> How dare you? No, it was... I, 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 was, I was like, this is really impressive, but I have no idea where to even begin to get a hook onto this record. I'd like, it's just, it's too... It's fucking mental. Yeah, I shouldn't mental. say mental, but it's mad um but yeah you have to give it you know three four five listens but then when it does start revealing itself to you and those hooks start well hooks there are hooks on this record there right? are hooks in it there, there are the, hooks the, on the it. guitar that yeah, the guitars are the hooks it's I primarily think. the guitars i mean there's one there's one guitar hook on i can't even remember the name of the song but it is the ninth track and it is just guitars it's not even um it's living off the corpse of the old world that there we go uh none of the song titles they're brilliant can... the song titles are brilliant yeah they are fantastic no dude he still likes to spray is a great um song title um kevin fell down the lube well the perfect trap yeah that's a, a good title well. i mean they're ridiculous but the um hooky riff on that ninth track um, there aren't even any notes being played. It's more of a rhythmic kind of. Um, if you're a guitar player, you just sort of mute the strings. Yeah. And it's like. And that's the hook. But it works as a hook. Like, yeah. it sounds fucking great. And there's another one that that is really. that will get right, right inside you. Is that which like. And then they just go. <laughs> and there's like loads of laughing. And it's almost like a brand new sort of grindcore hardcore hybrid of um of master of puppets in it with hetfield laughing yeah. at you and you're like fucking hell and, they, and it sounds genuinely quite disturbing and threatening it's sadistic this record but in the best possible way it's you know putting a cat in a blender statistic uh sadistic not that i would ever want to do that sort of thing Mate, if you did that fuck me you would be i don't know what i'd do to you if you <laughs> Do you really think after no, no, I know just you over wouldn't. a year of working like together, no, one I day wouldn't. I'd come home, I'd be like, I put you're in the blender. Oh, no. I mean, I think this band might. They sound fucking ferocious. Well, I think they got it all out of their system. <laughs> so they're fine. Anyway, a great record and a great week for sort of heavy music. Yeah. Really, really great. This week. is so you, this record, isn't oh, I it? I love it. I mean, this is like, to be honest, all of the references are early 2002 sort of metalcore or even down to the cover it looks yeah. like it looks like the album cover looks like yes it absolutely uh, does look like something that came out on Truskill records in, in 2002, 2002. Yeah, yeah, yeah or yeah or something like that but um thank fuck for that because it's much better than the metalcore shit that we have these days it's coming back that stuff isn't it yeah i mean when people did. again i will I, I said it last week i'm gonna say it again People go losing their shit, losing their mind for Knock Loose. And I think not that Knock Loose album is good. It is a good yeah, record. I agree. Right? It's actually a good record. It's not an amazing record. Mm -hmm. It's a good record, right? 
but people are going batty for knock loose right now. We've had Gift from God, Sea Space Cowboy, Carbon, Carbon, all coming out with like the same week. The number twelve looks. Like I'm going to say number twelve looks like years. Well. Yeah, it is worth all four of well. those albums are better than and renounced as well. Yes. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about Renounce yet, but we'll get onto that. I time. think it's very, very good. Um, but yeah, but that's probably of the same. I think it's of a similar standard to Not Loose, whereas the others are better, better, definitely so much better, so much better. Um, and again, I'm not slagging off Not Loose. I'm just using the it's fact that they are the biggest. A bit like Black Midi, where we were like, well, why, why them? Mm, 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 and I think Not Loose. I'm a little bit like, why them? Like they're good, but yes. there are loads of good hardcore bands around. Yes, so am I. I. I don't mind them. They're very good, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, there you go. Approximation of a Human uh, by Gift from God is out right now. Let's stick on a bit of trade off. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. Um, Renfrey, last week you gave me the band Me Without You. Mm-hmm. Uh, the album is called It's All Crazy, It's All False. All a dream, it's all right. This is the band's fourth album. Am I right in saying that? Yes. Released in 2009 through Tooth and Nail Records, a label most people perhaps rather um, kind of lazily and unfairly uh, associate with the likes of Norma Jean and Under Oath. But they do a lot more than that. Yeah, they do. Label. But I just thought I'd point that out, that that's the sort of thing. Because this is not that. Absolutely not. No. Um, last year, we reviewed their Untitled album. Mm-hmm. It was not self-titled, Untitled. Mm-hmm. Um and I believe both of us really liked it. Uh, it was in my albums of the year. It was, yeah. So I absolutely it adored it. And you... Uh, I liked you, it. You were under the impression... Yeah, I've, I was under the impression that you thought that they were a band um, very, very different to... What did you think that I thought? I thought you thought they were a kind of rock sound-esque band in that um, maybe kind of... Uh, the emo that we talk about that we're not as interested in maybe 2004 2005 post my chemical romance yeah, emo, right, maybe okay. yeah um mm, yeah maybe i do you not know, i can't remember now because i have listened to one time that, that may i may well have done mm. and well to be done. honest with you they likely toured with a lot of those bands um because i think at the time there was no one else out there doing what me without you do and to an, to a degree i still think there isn't um just well, this, like, this is a very different record from the one that we spoke about last year. I was about to say, just like 65 Days of Static, they every single record they do is totally different. Mm. Um, and yeah, this is far more... This is their Neutral Milk Hotel record. Well, I was going to say, one of the main things on, when you read up about this record, uh, the first thing I saw was Bob Dylan and Neutral yeah. Milk Hotel influences. And that seems to be all over the place when you read up about this record. Yeah. Um, very different. Lot of accordion, Very. lot of banjo, yeah. lot of violin. Yeah. Um, Almost more kind of hold steady esque than uh, yeah. the last untitled record. Yeah. I mean, I think they never try and be as party, anthemic, and, yeah. and raucous yeah. as hold steady, but certainly it has more to do with hold steady than. I mean, that was a fairly. Uh, I don't want to use the word heavy. I don't know if heavy. Is the right word, but what are you talking about? Hold steady, or no, no, the the last um, me yeah. without you. I untitled. It, it's certainly the heaviest me without you record, and it certainly has it's bits of it that are in, quite. It's intense. There's a lot more yeah. intense. It's bits that you, that you could call post hardcore. I think. Yeah, I think so. Whereas. Um, and they had done post-hardcore stuff in the past, but this is not... There's no post-hardcore on this record, really, at all. Probably has more in common with... 
I mean, this might turn some people off, but it probably has more in common with a Frank Turner than it does yeah, so. with a lot of post-hardcore stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it feels like a very, very folky album. It's very folky, yeah. yeah. Um, I did definitely didn't like it as much as I liked Untitled. Okay. That is what I would say. Do you like it at all? I quite like it. Mm. I don't know that I would go back to it. I think there are people doing it again. I think there are people doing this sort of thing who I've already got doing it. Do you know what I mean? It's not a million miles away from Arcade Fire and sort of earlier Arcade Fire stuff. No, no. And I feel like... I think this is better than Arcade Fire. Do you? Yeah, Mm. quite a lot better, actually. Don't think that. I do. Because Arcade Fire for me have always been quite a tame, not very good version of that, to be honest. Um, you were talking about like funeral and um, not the suburbs, neon the Bible. neon Bible, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't mind Arcade Fire, but I think this is far more interesting, and I like the kind of mysticism involved. I mean, all of the all of the songs sound like they're kind of old folk songs from like the 1800s yeah. or something yeah it's got know. it's definitely got that vibe to it there's a sure. fables element to it yeah and i love that like there aren't many See, rock that bands. turned me off a little bit I'm not did lie. it yeah a little why bit. i don't know i just that kind of oldie worldy folk i do struggle with a little bit Ooh. when it's proper kind of oldie worldy and i think you know that's maybe why i prefer archify because they feel a bit more contemporary yeah that, that's definitely true but but i th- my reaction is the total opposite, I guess. Yeah. Um, I love the kind of more f- folk people, f- people who love folk music are, um, and I know this from like doing folk music myself in the past, they are uh, incredibly, I mean, if you think metalheads are um, sort of, you know, f- fly their colors to the mast and if you think if you think yeah sticklers for certain ways of doing things you know if you then don't wear right. denim my goodness um like any kind of folk artist who gets if, you, if you're if you're not playing in a pub on a sunday afternoon you know you're not i mean god knows what most like traditional focists think of a, of a frank turner or something like that yeah. and i think frank turner is um taking a lot of traditional folk elements actually into his music and and some people some folk fans would be sickened by me even saying that but uh i kind of really enjoy the more traditional folk elements that are put into this record but sort of married to kind of a rock band um and Mm. i think it's done so brilliant i i think i it's a hybrid that i've never heard done as well as this album i would wager okay (laughs) that's the nod of disagreement yeah it is a bit to be honest i mean i think there's some really good songs i think the angel of death came to david's room is really good a stick of carrot and string i think is really good as Mm. well and very weird like it's weird that song yeah it's a really weird song. I quite like how... See, that almost, to me, is... It's not ever as... When I say weird, and what who am I about to say, you'll be like, well, they're not as weird as that. Not as weird as that. But it's got the same sort of vibe as something like Tom Waits. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. 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 Um, There's a Grimm's fairy tale kind of weirdness to it yeah. in that they're kind of dressed up as stories for children and then you get to the meat of it and it's like fucking hell that's really dark mm. um 
And I like that. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, I like to be surprised by bands. And this surprised me. Okay. Because having sat with Untitled for, you know, what is it now? Well, it's a year. It's about a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It will be about, about a year. about a year that we got that record. And it's not an album that I've gone back to loads. Mm. But I have gone back to There's a few fucking incredible songs in it. I mean, yeah. the Queen, King of Prince of Spain, the... Uh, yeah. The whatever that is like what a wicked song yeah you know and so oh, there are a yeah. few that have definitely kind of stuck with me that I've, that I've kept listening to um since the album's gone so i was like yeah great and i think before when i had untitled i was like mm, i don't really know who this band are and i don't really think i'll care um and i thought it was great and then when you gave me this i was like oh cool another one of these that'll be good and then i got something completely different yeah and i went oh 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 and then i it's never really completely convinced me fair enough but i do think it is interesting that they are the same band yeah well i i, I i'm not going to but i could give you another me without e record and you'd be like fucking hell this is totally different to both of those records and yeah. and that's why they are a fascinating fantastic bands who are well beyond a lot of the uh bands that they got schmooshed in with yeah definitely an interesting record for sure yeah fascinating band as well for sure yeah they are uh so there you go that was me without yous <laughs> it's all crazy it's all false all a dream it's a <laughs> renfrey i gave you plan b's who needs action when you who needs actions when you've got words the debut album from ben drew aka plan b released in 2006 now most people became aware of Plan B after the release of his 2010 number one record, The Defamation of Strickland Banks. This is more of a soul record, I'm like. Much to more of a soul record, yes. Mm. Much more, clearly. Like, it, you know, there was a, you know, that kind of zoot suited, hot stepping thing that was happening. It was very cool, kind of post Amy Winehouse. Um, and he became a star for the back of it. That album went to number one. Um, he opened the Brit Awards, I think in early 2011. He was the first act on at the Brit Awards, became kind of a household name for a little bit. Um, but listening back to Who Needs Actions When You've Got Words, it's hard to believe, when you talk about different artists, it's hard to believe that these the person who was going, I said, I love you, boy, I love you so, is the same guy that you hear hey, on right. this record. Okay. Right? I wouldn't know. I've not heard this. The you haven't heard the Defamation of Street and the Banks? Of course I haven't. You must have heard the singles, though, right? Well, maybe. Surely. That's, mad. that's absolutely huge, that record. <laughs> I'm stunned by that. <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm aware of the record, and I'm aware of Plan B, and I'm but I like I I don't think you understand how much I try to avoid mainstream music. Well, obviously, obviously, <laughs> I mean, I mean, do. have I heard those songs? Maybe in passing. You I wouldn't. Will have I wouldn't have known they were Plan B, though. Okay, you you definitely will have heard. Um, she said, "I will look. I I I'm not going to disagree with you because I have no idea." All I will say is the amount of times that people in my life have gone, you would have heard that song. And then I play and then they play it for me. I go, I've never heard that in my life. Okay. Maybe I not. cannot count the amount right, of times that's fair happened. Enough. Okay. But fair. I mean, I bought the Defamation of Strickland Banks the day it came out because I was such a fan of this record. Um, it's, it's angry, isn't it? But I, well, yeah, I want, I, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to 
deviate to you early on, Renfrey. We've spoken, and I've given you a fair few hip-hop albums, from Kanye West to Deant Wert, and we, we did Ocean Wisdom uh, last year. I've not really gone way, 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 way back, but um, I have given you this for a reason. I'm interested to know what your thoughts are on this. Um, as a non-hip-hop fan. Yeah, okay. So uh, he's from Forest Gate, which is just up the road from where we are right now. Yes. Exciting stuff. Uh, do you know where the uh, title comes from for this record? No, I don't. It's from uh, Plateau by the Meat Puppets, which was famously covered by Niviane. Do you know what? I did know that. That is not true. I've, you've said it and I've just remembered. I mean, th- what I just said is true, but the fact that you didn't recall it is not true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that tickled you uh, no mate and i'll tell you why well i was gonna i'll, I'll, I'll just jump in very very yeah. quickly there is a bootleg um of this album that he released just about a year after this album came out called paint it blacker and okay. it, uh, it's basically reworking to these songs mm-hmm. with like massive like him basically stealing massive songs so there's coldplay and rick ross and nirvana and radiohead and Hall and Oates, obviously from Mama Loves a Crackhead, and um, the Nirvana, the, they he does he does Plateau, um, but he he does, he does the Nirvana cover of Plateau with the Nirvana unplugged, but he basically raps over the top of it, one of the other songs, and Rolling Stones as well, obviously because Painted Blacker, um, and that if you can get hold of that, I think it's on YouTube. You should like if you like this record, you should definitely go and listen to the Painted Blacker bootleg. It is fucking ace. It's one of the best reworkings of a existing album that i think there is hmm. well i won't be listening to that um, <laughs> um uh he's got away with words hasn't he old yes. old benjamin mm-hmm. whatever is benjamin ben drew ben drew benny drew mm. he's very on the nose he's uh uh i suppose he's kind of mocking uh, um inner city lifestyles and uh thuggish behavior would you say by kind of not reenacting it but but taking the taking a first person narrative as those people there's a lot of kind of the, the first couple of songs is it kids yeah where he's talking about pop an ak and spray sure. that's the mentality of kids today that's right. Um, I mean, that's that's not even. There's far worse. Well, it wasn't going to go to the horrible. Uh, there's really some horrible really parts. horrible stuff. And I, I think you'd have to be quite uh, dumb to not realise that it is kind of um, not. It's not satire. It's holding up a mirror, isn't it? It's holding mm. up a mirror and going, "Look, this is what's happening today." And quite sadly a lot of it sort of still is um yes i think it's incredibly pertinent records i think it still is yeah which is quite which is a shame and quite sad um i think and i do i do understand i do get it i do understand that this is not a 50 cent when 50 cent does shit like that he's doing that kind of posy um I am the best. Here's my bitches. Here's my bling. Here's my cars. And he he genuinely means it and sees it as some sort of status symbol kind of thing. Whereas Plan B is is effectively mocking that lifestyle, mm. really, and saying, "Look what you're fucking doing to yourselves." Well, particularly from a kind of a UK perspective. I mean, in 2006 yeah. as well, was UK hit? Dizzy Rascal had broken at that point, but really, you know, what was the 
what was the big there was a there was a you know this is a big underground scene was developing at this point yeah. and plan b really became a breakout like one of the early 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 breakout stars of uk hip-hop kind of ever i would say um people who with more knowledge would be able to kind of remind me of other people but for me i do remember them being um a, an enemy front cover when this album came out of him just drenched in blood it looked so metal he looked like you know gorgoroth or something and, and it had like, like wow. the, the title on his yeah. face i've seen yeah, that cover yeah, blood on his hands and stuff and you, it was it was a sort of shocking striking image um but yeah sorry go on okay. i cut you off yeah. um I kind of admire the bluntness of a lot of this. I think there are a lot of times where uh, it, even even though it's only 13 years old, I think there are a lot of things where you go, oh God, I don't know if you would do that now. Um, I, I suspect you gave me this record because it has what I would broadly say is more organic instrumentation than a yeah, lot he, he of plays guitar. He plays guitar. Yeah. Um, and it has more organic instrumentation than a lot of other hip hop records. And that is something which I respond to far better um, than, you know, when it's more sort of processed or digital or whatever. Um, the emphasis is still on, storytelling and words and lyrics though because even though there are acoustic passages and so on and so forth you know quite quite a few of them actually on this record generally it's kind of like a riff or a lick or whatever that is played for four bars and then just looped um and i guess this all just sort of comes down to how people listen to music and what they want to get out of it and um whenever i listen to records like this i just kind of like i just don't feel like you're talking to me i and i guess this comes back to like privilege white male shit you know i live in east dulwich in london which is like for people outside of london east dulwich is a very nice pretty green area where it's very nice it is nice it's very lovely it's very very nice and very little shit goes down there there are exceptions um uh five or six years ago there was a shooting at the end of my road uh and it was the talk of the town and um yeah uh i was uh your road yeah i (laughs) your renfrey lives next door to a girl that i was dating for like six months we didn't know did we yeah that was weird wasn't it that was fantastic times yeah that was very um yeah i forgot all about that yeah yeah, yeah. um but uh yeah that basically freaked me out when you dropped me off we got a taxi back from ramstein yeah that's when and we dropped me and i was like where are we why are we why are we here, why are we here? <laughs> <laughs> i fucking ran man um yeah and so uh, not to give away sort of, i didn't shoot anyone though <laughs> not to give away where i live or anything like that but i live at number 14 on the road that i live on and this shooting happened like round up where number one would have been because there's a graveyard at the end of my road goth as fuck and uh um and some some business had spilled over from peckham i imagine (laughs) (sighs) um but anyway the thing is is i guess so much of like i have such contempt for um people who for a lot of people who kind of 
in those situations, I guess. And it just doesn't really resonate with me in any way, shape or form. And so I guess if I want, um, if I want like something poetic or something that is going to speak to me, I'm more likely to go to like Bukowski than I am to go to music, music, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of like what I think, my lack of interest in 99% of hip hop just comes down to what it is trying to do does not interest me in the slightest. Like there are other sources that I go to, to get that, which I think are far more interesting and talking about far more interesting things. And whilst I understand that plan B is um, mocking that kind of lifestyle and and trying to hold a, a mirror up to it, posturing of it which he does very very well um just makes me go i don't want this in my life i don't need it i'm bored by this Mm. just does nothing for me i'm genuinely surprised are you i thought i'd got you with this no (laughs) i thought there's no way i thought he was impressed by this um bits made me want to listen to pyramid song um so pyramid that's on the that's on the the painted blacker um bootleg oh it's not on the original album i hope i listened to the right version no no you would have done because he tried to use a bit for it so he was allowed to use a little bit from it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But it's, it's just it's full just the pyramid song oh right okay on the painting because obviously he, he you know he couldn't get the the rights to fucking paint it black and pyramid song and plateau and um uh hence why it's a bootleg you know yeah, 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 yeah. so and all the others that are on there there's fucking loads like god put a smile upon your face by coldplay and all this sort of stuff but that bootleg's wicked. And if you are like, oh, you know, it's the instrumentation. Well, these are incredible songs with him just kind of changing the the the, the song completely to fit around those. those uh, but it those just songs. makes me want to listen to the original songs without some guy kind of posturing about. Well, you say that. I mean, you haven't song. heard it. So, you know. Well, that's true. But, but, you know, listening to that song that does use a bit of Pyramid Song did just make me want to listen to pyramid song right Uh, and that is what happens 99 percent of the time where um artists i don't like sample an artist that i like it's and and people kind of go oh you will like this as a result of that because they sampled this thing that you like it's like no it just makes me want to listen to the thing that i like Mm. doesn't make me go oh brilliant i like it now Mm. because it's like the only bit of this entire song that i like is the thing that you snicked (laughs) <laughs> like it's just like well what's the point like i'd rather just listen to the original version well i think the point in this case <clears> is <throat> is that benjo plan b is a very 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 intelligent dude he is an incredibly accomplished lyricist and um and uh performer and rapper i mean if you do go and listen to the defamation strict and banks banks which i think you would probably prefer to be fair um again i you know that turned him in. It was a weird thing because I actually saw him on the Strickland Banks tour and he basically dropped out most of this stuff, which I was gutted about. But I do like that record because I feel like a lot of people heard that record first and went, oh, he's like a kind of male Amy Winehouse. And then mm. heard this and went, what the fuck? Whereas the people who liked this from before was like, oh, he's totally sold out and turned into like, he's gone, he's gone full pop gone full pop um whereas i actually like both those records but i certainly do think this for full disclosure 
it's between this and the Marshall Mathers LP for my favourite hip-hop album of the millennium. It's funny because, um, like, obviously I have a tin ear for a lot of this stuff and I um, quite immediately, more or less, went, there's a lot of Eminem in it, isn't there? And um, just did a quick plan B Eminem Google and I don't know if this is just the internet or 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 if it is a tin ear thing or what, but... Um, if you suggest that plan b and eminem sound you know have have similar traits to one another some people really kick off um and i think there's a lot of similar traits well, to eminem well, really and i'm not saying that as a well, good or a bad thing I'm just, I, I I'm just pointing it out their flow is not very similar i don't think they no maybe it was the kind of they're um, both white one's british and very british and one's american and very american i, think, I don't think i think both of them exist in characters quite a lot yeah that's i think definitely a I think point of comparison characters then, and i think the kind of brashness of the lyrics the i think the intensity the okay so isn't that like so i was listening to um ice t on the jamie jaster podcast a while back and jamie jaster was saying don't you wish gangster rap would come back like you know don't you look at rap now and go oh and it you know a bit soft and a bit safe and you know and all the stuff you were saying before about it being kind of um just kind of machismo and he was like well the problem is eminem said everything that gangster rap ever tried or could or would or wanted to say he's like he was so intense with the shit that he was talking about murdering people killing people like destroying people all the shit that he was talking about all the incredibly unbelievably outlandishly offensive things that eminem said and did basically meant this is ice t's opinion not mine that it was like well you can't go any further than that you can only come back and he, he was like and his argument was like that's why i think rap has uh, um kind of developed into something else now i sort of felt that a little bit when i was listening to to eminem and i remember you know the marshall mathers lp shocking in places absolutely shocking and um and then really sort of when i did listen to hip hop i was more listening to jurassic 5 dilated peoples more of the kind of posy uh you know sort of funk influenced yeah. street corner you know kind of street corner street rap mm-hmm. um if if that's what what it's called but i don't think it is but um but yeah but like what you imagine that kind of like you look at the front cover of jurassic park jurassic five album jurassic park jurassic five album and they're on the they're out you know in the sun um playing basketball everyone looks like they're having a lovely time yeah right and i got into i've seen i've seen jurassic five live yeah i actually really enjoyed it excellent excellent band and um and so you know that is i was like i got more into that hearing this I was like, oh shit, somebody is actually more intense. Somebody's actually doing something which is even more shocking. I mean, we spoke about kids. Mum Loves a Crackhead is shocking. Charmaine is fucking shocking. Charmaine has a very interesting ending. Yeah, uh, which we won't spoil. For <laughs> which you. even yeah. now is kind of like, wow, fuck. Yeah, um, I Don't Hate You is pretty shocking. But the one for me where I listen to and I just go, that is unbelievable, incredible is sick to death like ah, the second track, track on here which is just an acoustic guitar and him rapping and him basically talking about the power of music and it's such a weird um, like meta idea of i'm going to write a song about the fact that people think songs can affect 
the behavior of other people that they can seep into and affect and that that i and you know and that you know it's it's mad that the the, the media blame music on these things that happen and i'm going to write a song that kind of says are oh, the media blame people for, hap- for these things happening but i have the power to make that happen as well like it's it's really really clever it's brilliantly done it's incredibly precise and very um graphic with what it talks about but i just remember hearing that and being like wow like this guy is it felt so dangerous to me Mm. i was listening to metal and you know and punk and stuff and i was like there's nothing as dangerous as like as that guy and it's i would it would be interesting to see if he'd have carried on down this route how big he could get how much further i mean you know he ended up being a massive star yeah i can't imagine i mean i mean he's he, he with this album there's no way he would have got big in america just because the amount of times he says the c word which is just such a massive no-no in, in america yeah. um yeah i know that mate yeah <laughs> um i think yeah maybe this just goes towards the like to i mean that song i did absolutely nothing for me um and i think maybe this just shows sort of the manner in which i listen to music i was just massively distracted by the fact that the acoustic guitar part backing it is just two chords i'm like oh that's really boring and, and that that but that just shows what I how I listen yeah. to music. I, mean, I don't. I, I, I get sh- distracted by the music part and going, "Why is he doing that? that's fucking boring?" And the reason that it's boring is because he wants to give the emphasis onto the lyrics and what he's saying. Mm. But that just sort of. I mean, again, I'm so distracted by the dullness of the instrumentation going on behind it. I think the tone's lovely in that song, and it really creates a great template for the story that goes on around it i think the story is like very 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 clever i've never really heard anyone before or since do that in a song it's it's amazing i think but again i think this comes down to i mean you're saying i would go and read bukowski or you know go and find something else to sort of mentally stimulate me from these from people's opinions this again if it's if, if there's a theme this week to me it is i'm intrigued and interested and captivated by the passion whatever passion it is whatever whatever it is that you feel you need to say that is enough for me like i i honestly you know some of this is fucking hard work some of this is horrible like some of the shit that is that you know the actual just the language and yeah you're right like you know i i I don't believe that ben drew plan b is speaking as himself no. in, in a lot of this i think there are points where he is to be honest i think mama loves a crackhead i think he's gone on record as saying that you know like that is very much taken from my personal perspective but hmm. um but i don't think but yeah but a lot of it is is horrible and it's hmm. hard and it's 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 harsh language to hear and it's not nice but you know those things are real and those are the things that he's probably seen and observed and has experienced and i don't doubt that yeah clear. and and i think you know the way that he kind of steps inside that to deconstruct it is fascinating and, and you know and again i think if somebody is doing something with that level of commitment whatever it is whether you're saying you know i love jeremy corbyn i love you don't cut down the rainforest i hate 
Muslims. Like, do you know what I mean? I support Donald Trump. I am non-binary. Like, whatever it is, as a music as a music lover, mm. I will listen and try to understand w- why they're doing that. And that, to me, is far more exciting and far more interesting and a far better way to spend my time than it is to just try and silence people and put people down and, and, and just try and shut people down. That's how I feel personally. And this record is a, a great example of that. I, it's pr- Like I say, it's probably slightly, or maybe my, it's maybe my joint favourite um, hip-hop album of this, of this millennium. Mm. And I still find it incredibly spiteful and nasty and hard and horrible and gross at a lot of points but i still think there is something brilliant about it in the same way as i mean again the lingui this almost is it's comparable to the linguita ignota album in that it is an album that makes you can often make your skin crawl and can make you feel very very uncomfortable inside your own skin yeah but i mm, i, I disagree with that because uh Kristen from Lingua Ignota is the victim of that and because Plan B is adopting a character, it feels like he's a I mean, some of this stuff may well have happened to him, but it feels like he's adopting a narrative point of view. I don't think that makes it any less impactful. It does for me. I mean it does for you. It definitely doesn't for me. Mm. I mean, you've already said on Sick to Death you spent more time listening to the guitar part and was to yeah. distract you away from the. So you know, if you if if there are things that if if there's a kind of block to stop you from actually getting right inside it, then you know. I think that's it, and and you know, it's interesting because you said like as a music fan, I think the problem with right, and I, there's a lot of people who are going to react you know, not well to this. But the thing is, is what I look for in music, I don't get out of hip hop. And so I kind of um, compare hip hop because it's um, all about the lyrics Mm. predominantly. I compare hip hop more to poetry than I do to other music, other forms of music, because I don't in many, many, many ways because it doesn't satisfy the things that I look for when I go to put on an album or a song or whatever, I almost don't see it as music. I see it more as poetry rather than that, than the form of music. And that is down to, and, and to be honest, I think if you get deep into what hip hop is, I think that's actually quite difficult to deny. And that's not, that's not me going, I don't see it as music isn't strictly a criticism per se, but it means that my comparisons to it are far more kind of, I suppose more literature based or poetry based. They're more based on words Mm. than um, the music itself, because the, the actual music and the notes and so on and so forth in hip-hop are not what speak to me or anyone else it's meant to be the words so i'm compared so you know and i suppose i'm just saying i'd rather read a i'm more interested in in what bukowski has to say than what what ben drew has to say so i go to bukowski or whatever else who's also like an incredibly troubled person to say the very least yeah um and like i don't i, I would never go as far as to say that Ben Drew doesn't have anything to say. He clearly does. I'm just not particularly interested in it. Mm. Okay. 
I mean, I do. I, listening to this, I was I, like, we've had a very interesting experiment of like trying to get Renfrey into hip hop. I'm kind of like, shall we just put a full stop on this now? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, um, mate, maybe. I mean, you know, we can, but uh, but I mean, I I don't. I I would assume that over the course of the podcast, I mean, for one, the reason I gave it to you. Uh, is because I think it's fucking brilliant and mm. I want to talk about it. I mean, I absolutely yeah, yeah, love yeah. it. Two, I thought there might be you like you liking it. And three, also at some point, you know, there's a, there's going to be a paucity of albums that you that I've heard that you've heard like well, at some point yeah, one yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. So you you know, my thought is always like, well, he won't have heard this electronic this this dance album from 1988, mm. and he won't have heard this hip-hop album from mm-hmm. 2007 either so you're probably going to get some more but we don't have to go into them as much as it to be honest i've given you the nuttiest one and i've given you the new and we've done the newest one so nuttiest is kanye no 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 no. i think we've done we, so, okay so we've done the most kind of acclaimed one we've done the most in, l- lunatic one which is Antwerp, um and we've now done for my money just the straight ahead best one um i mean the the hip-hop record which i have responded to best on this entire show is um ocean wisdom yeah which is the newest he's got a new album coming out in a couple of weeks so we'll review that yeah 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 Yeah. i I saw you put it on the album review show i was like "Eh." (laughs) but yeah yeah yeah, we can do that put in old bloody hovis advert (laughs) then you're getting this as well but anyway Um, actually actually uh, well just very quickly i will say that i much prefer this to uh certainly diane which is fucking nonsense um kanye and you gave me the streets as well didn't you oh yes and we did the streets. definitely prefer to the streets um so i suppose this is my second favorite hip hop record that you've given me, Steve. Wow, cool. Um, all right, sweet. Next week, I'm going to give you "Day of the Death" by Death by Stereo. Do you know that album? Oh, great. No, I don't. Okay, good. good. It's not a hip hop album. <laughs> it's released on Epitaph. Um, how familiar are you with Sunny Day Real Estate? Uh, quite familiar. As in, uh, you know, Beyond Diary. Have you heard How It Feels to Be Something On? Yes, I have, yeah. Balls. In that case, It's I... been a while, though. You can give it to me if you want. Mm. It's been a while. Mm. Um. Oh, fuck it. I want to talk about it. Yeah, let's talk yeah, about okay. it. Yeah, okay, do that. Mate, it's probably been 10 years, at least, I would okay. say, since so, I listened to that record. Uh, yeah, Sunny Day Real Estate's third album from 1998, How It Feels to Be Something On, and the album that they came back to when Jeremy Einick, I think, had discovered Jesus. Mental. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so Sunny Day Real Estate and Death by Stereo. It's going to be a punky old trade-off. That'll be good. It's going to be a late 90s punky old trade-off. Oh, yeah. Familiar territory for the two of us. Uh, next week, going to be talking about the Menzingers. Oh, why, you know, why... Um, why <laughs> to just be punk next week, wouldn't it? All punk. Uh, I'll find Pretty some Hovis. Ancient Wisdom, Body Hound, Vultures, Renounced, all in the mix. Um, but you'll have to wait and see to see who we review next week. It'll definitely be the Menzingers, though, won't it? Fuck yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, cool. We will be back next week with with those. And um, thanks very much for listening. Remember to go to musicism.net to get all your courses sorted, your dirty get. And, uh, unnecessary. No, totally unnecessary. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next week.